What's up, everybody? It's Live Rounds episode 19. Um, me and Steven are in good mood because we're coming off of big wins for our football team. And uh, we had a crazy week of AEW, UFC, um, a lot of stuff going on. So uh, just in general, how's it going, Steven? It's going well. Uh, yes, as you mentioned, my Minnesota Vikings are... Finally on the winning column, even though they're literally one play away in two games, two two plays total from being 3-0. and So they're a great team. Kirk Cousins is playing out of his mind right now. Like, he's actually – he's playing up to the money we're paying him. So, like, I'm very happy with what I'm seeing. We, we're winning. We're, we're looking good even without Dalvin Cook this past week. Like, so just keep, keep the momentum going. But uh, outside of that, man, it's been good wrestling. Uh, we had the UFC 266 watch along. Me and Doug were on the Fightful YouTube channel during that. So catch us over there for like the big fights, the big, like basically the, the UFC pay-per-views and the big freak show, like celebrity boxing matches. And then some of the maybe big legitimate boxing matches we'll see. But so there's been a lot of good stuff there. And then of course, tomorrow is Wednesday, which means back to Dave and Busters. So there you go. How about you? <laughs> and you know, Adam Cole and Jungle Boy, like that's AEW awesome. Dynamite. That's a given. I mean, so my I always I pregame AEW Dynamite by going and drinking some. They have a drink at Dave and Buster's called the Backwoods Lemonade, which is like it's like this blueberry lemonade, just like full of alcohol, and it comes with a shot of Everclear, like hanging off of it. Oh, wow. So we do a few of those. Get it's a great pregame, you know, to to get you ready for uh, for AEW Dynamite every Wednesday. So. And I'm, this is not an endorsement by you know from Dave and Buster's, by the way. It's like to tell people to go over there and advertise for them. So there you go. Right. Um, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, tomorrow's really good dynamite. You have uh, Adam Cole and Jungle Boy. You have Sammy Guevara and Miro. They had a really good road too that I was I really enjoyed the story time with Adam Cole's back, which was awesome. Um, so yeah, there's definitely stuff to look forward to. Uh, what's up, Brandon? What's up, John? What's up, Kogan? So Caesar, thanks for coming in. Um, Kogan, how was your experience since it was your first time seeing AEW and being in front of a big crowd like that? Did you, did you have a good time? And uh, let's see here. And Brandon, man, what is up with your Bears, bro? Like that is one of the worst offenses I've seen. Even with Justin Fields, it's like just ugh. But I do see Robert Quinn showing up now. Like, I remember when we lost him, I, I really didn't want to. But he went for the more money, and he didn't look good the last season. But, man, he's showing up now, so that's good. What's up, Cody Omega? What's up, Michael? Um, oh, Michael's going to AEW tomorrow. Hell yeah. So let's get into AEW. Um, definitely want to hear your perspective on some things. And uh, just kind of see where we're at. So first off, the Brian Danielson Kenny Omega match was amazing, and um, I haven't felt excitement from a crowd and vibes like that since Rock and Hogan. Like that, just I don't know. Just the anticipation. It was like the perfect storm. Everybody was excited. And, uh, like, and it, and it was really right before, like, they're, they're on each side and they're staring each other down and it's before they've even touched and the crowd is just losing their mind. 
I've probably watched that like 10 times over. And it really reminded me of when Rock and Hogan were staring each other down before they rang the bell. And then when they rang the bell, the place goes nuts. You see the beach ball fly up in the air. And it's just like this crazy energy. And it felt a lot like that with Kenny and, and Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson. And so, uh, honestly, um, what'd you think of the match? How'd you like the finish? Um, that's been somewhat of a controversy. How'd you like that it opened the show? Uh, yeah, just in general. So I like, I mean, I liked everything about it. I thought the match was awesome. Uh, the moment was awesome. The crowd was awesome. I liked the finish a lot. I, I think the best option for them was for them to go to a draw the way that they did. And I also really liked the way that the finish wasn't one of those, like, uh, it, like, Yes, they were playing up that, like, Daniel Bryan, like, had a chance with, like, the yes lock towards the end and that kind of stuff. But for the most part, it was them just, like, still kicking and punching each other, like, as, like, you know, this thing is coming to an end. It's, like, they they showed that they still had a lot more to give. So, like, this was, like, a 30-minute preview for probably, like, an hour-long match that we're going to get at some point. So... Um, I thought this was awesome. And I, I saw, I think more of the controversy I saw was like Meltzer giving it five stars. Cause everyone seemed to be all, you know, butthurt over that. And I, I think just, the only reason they were upset about that is that they that Brian, that, that Brian Danielson finally got a five star match and they feel like that he's deserved one for so long. And it took him to go to AEW to get one. That's really the big controversy. And I mean, let's be honest, in ROH, he definitely had five-star matches. I just think Dave's criteria has changed, and he gives away five-star matches way easier now. Completely not saying that they deserve it, but I mean, like, Nigel McGinnis and Brian Danielson is a five-star match. Like, Yeah, yeah, for sure. And he had some, like, borderline ones, too, like uh, Kenta and, like, Murashima and stuff were, like, really, really good. Like, yep. But... But I mean, and Meltzer, he is a bit biased towards AEW, but like, so are we. Like, we, we like 100%. what we're seeing. We like what we're seeing from the company and want the company to succeed. And like, he, it, it's so much, it's such a different mindset when you go into something wanting to like it versus like not liking it or wanting to criticize it or hate watching it or something. So that's definitely giving it points too. Cause, you know, I, anyway, the, this is a roundabout or a long way of saying, like, I thought everything was done perfectly. I think it opening the show was smart. Um, I probably would have closed the show on Malachi and Cody, like personally, but mm. I don't, I, I don't hate though that they're putting women in the main event and that they're similar to the UFC. Like if a title is on the line, even if it isn't the tops, like the number one and two top stars on the show, they still respect the title belt and they still make that the main event because there's a title on the line, even if there are bigger stars in the co-main or something. So yeah. I, I, I do like everything uh, kind of about this. And I like Brian Danielson acknowledging like basically Kenny doesn't want to have a rematch with him, but Danielson saying, well, whether he wants to or not, I just climb into the rankings and that's how it works in AEW. So I just earned my way to a title shot. There's nothing you can do about it. So right. yeah, I, I think, I think the whole thing was done really well. Yeah, I mean, hold on a second. I'm tweeting out the link here. Uh, yeah, while, while you're doing that, we got uh, Kogan said he sat next to some guy dressed as Sub-Zero from Mortal Kombat, wearing an AEW title and a customized Sting World title belt, and he was a wrestling savant who knew everything. It was fun. 
That sounds like quite the experience. Sounds sounds like you no, sat dude. next to the biggest fan ever at your first uh, first event. So I mean, but when you go to AEW, I mean, I, there was Scooby Doo in the crowd. There's Jesus. There's just a lot of people. It's it's there's the, like I said, there's definitely people that try to be part of the show um, for sure. But yeah, it, it, you're definitely going to get those types too. Um, so I like how it ended. I'm not sure I love that it was the opening match. I get why it was chosen, but to me, especially a casual fan, if I'm tuning in for the first part of that, like, I don't, I might look, especially if I'm a WWE fan, I might look at Ruby Soho as Ruby Riot and not understand why this girl's in the main event and just kind of be like, eh, I'll pass on that. And if you looked at the ratings breakdown, it did dip by the time from, from Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega to Ruby Soho and Britt, it did dip. And I, I also feel like if you're going to be loyal to AEW and really put on like these dream matches or big shows, I think that should have been Thunder Rosa. I think Britt and Thunder Rosa should have been the match. And Ruby works her way up. But she won the Battle Royal. I get it. I don't hate it. I don't love it, though. And I really feel like that people bought a ticket to see Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega. And when you give away the main event right off the bat, it does kind of take the wind out of the sail. So, yeah, I, I agree with that, but also I think it's way less predictable that they're going to go to a draw if it ends the show and you know, when the show ends. Yeah. And you know I, I mean that too. Yeah, you know, I, I get it. I get why they did it. It's just, if I could, if, if if I could see it be redone, I would probably want to do it a different way. Or I also might wouldn't mind maybe mixing some of those rampage matches, putting them up front, and then putting some of those matches and putting them on rampage, like just mixing the card up. Because I, I personally think if if it was because um, you know they put CM Punk and Will Hobbs on there to make sure people tuned in the next night, but. If that super click match was on Grand Slam as well, and you know, like they could have just mixed things up a little bit more, but like overall, it's great. But it's one thing that I've learned too myself is like, you just can't be worried about ratings as a fan, yeah. right? Because at the end of the day, like you're seeing great shows. And if we haven't seen electricity in a crowd since Rock Hogan, and we're seeing it on this show, that means something, regardless if it's a 1.2, a 1.3, a 1.5, whatever. That is something different that we have not seen. Um, and then to put a perspective too, no other wrestling promotion goes to New York and sells these type of tickets. That means something. So yes, ratings are important and I get it. And it is a big way for AEW to succeed. But I'm not going to stress myself out about it because at the end of the day, to me, AEW has to be a long game. It can't just be, well, we're going to go for this and then we're going to stack this show and get a higher rating every single time till we reach this. That's not the way TV ratings work anymore. There's just so much other stuff that's going on. And, and let's be honest, like if, you know, hypothetically, I have a date with my wife, I use DVR the show. And then I can come back and watch it. And that's how a lot of people feel with their plans. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And, and like really the only, cause I, I don't really pay 
I've been saying that for pretty much the beginning since the beginning of AEW, like that I'm not concerned if they're getting, you know, 700,000 fans or, or 1.5 million because they're already in a really great spot this fast. Like it is a slow build type thing. When I look at the ratings for like Raw, for instance, though, that that's the kind of stuff that I look at and I'm interested in seeing because I'm like, because AEW is clearly slow building over time. Yes. But WWE, I mean, granted, you know, back in like, like the late 90s, early 2000s, when they were doing like literal like 8 million people a show and stuff. And then even later, it got, there was a long stretch where it was like 4 million, 3 million, blah, blah, blah. But like, there's been like a significant drop off of their fan base in recent years. And it's like, yes. and, and that I think is when it's, important to be paying attention to ratings is in those situations for right. AEW is just in a completely different position as WWE. They're, they're building their audience where WWE is bleeding their audience. So like, yeah. so, um, but yeah, I think they did. A, I mean, at the end of the day, I think Tony Khan's just trying to put on the best shows possible. So like, yep. I mean, even like the next match that I definitely wanted to talk about is sting and Darby versus FTR. <laughs> that match was awesome. Oh Yeah. Definitely. I mean, like, and, and I, I do think some of it is just expectations with Sting, and that he's basically surpassed him. Although we did get T-shirt Sting, I'm just saying. We did. Well, I noticed it, but I, I, I mentioned it to the people I was watching with live. I, I, I called that out, but yeah. I was like, this, he's right. Like, this is a, this is a really good T-shirt Sting match, though. This yeah, match was. I. I'm, I'm really impressed that it was Sting. Honestly, like, I feel like we're getting TNA Sting. Like that's that's to me and to me this is better than that, dude. Like well, cause, not cause necessarily looking taking... wise, but just athletic ability. Right. Like like it doesn't look like the guy has like completely fallen off. Like we're getting basically the same athletic ability that when he was like 15 years ago, and yet he's being booked smarter now. You yes, know? for sure. I definitely agree with that. Like because I I love I honestly. And I was a fan even back with like the colored face paint sting days and stuff of like, you yeah. know, the early nineties. Surfer and sting. Surfer sting, even though he never surfed, which is like yeah. a real conspiracy to me. But, What's up, bro? <laughs> but Quan Su, dude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, shout out Ernie Reyes Jr. Mm -hmm. But, um, but like this version of sting outside of like 1997 version of sting, which is like, that's like arguably one of the best wrestling characters ever. You know, heading into Starcade against uh, against Hogan and all that, but yeah. this is a all, is approaching a very close second to me as far as like all time Sting type gimmicks. Because part of what I love so much about it is he isn't going out there and being like a parody of himself or being like this dude who's constantly just like going for cheap pops. Like he's not he's not it, CM Punk. I who I, I obviously I like in pro wrestling and everything, but he kind of feels like he's CM, he's Bill Brooks playing CM Punk right now. Right. He's doing like yeah. the, the, Hey, I'm back. Like, this is awesome. Like, you know, let's yeah. have a good time with this. Sting's just like OG sting. Just like acting like, I mean, he's walking around just like one of the boys, you know, like he's yeah. not acting like he's some giant deal or like, you know, this is some big accomplishment. Every time he wrestles, he's just doing his thing and just being himself and like, kind of underselling the whole thing on camera which yeah. i love like i think his demeanor is is awesome and he his pairing with darby has been perfect and right. do, do you think that they go after the tag team titles at this point because like they're starting to beat legitimate tag teams 
I think it's definitely possible. Although, man, I I don't know. Like, Lucha Bros versus Sting and Darby would definitely be interesting. That'd be sick, though. Uh, wouldn't you be a little nervous, though? Like, because they, be, they can do some crazy stuff that I don't know if Sting would necessarily be the most protected yeah, we, on, you know? We got to stop worrying about that. Like, Sting yeah. is getting, she's getting cleared the same way everyone else is. Like, I mean, I, I agree to a certain extent. I do. I, although I really would like to see the Bucks versus Sting and Darby. But, hell yeah. But, I mean, I think Sting and Darby versus the Bucks in, like, a number one contendership match would be awesome. Yeah, I agree. But, but yeah, and then, so, Sting Sting definitely has surpassed expectations, right? And uh, I think it's done nothing but help Darby as well. One thing, too, like, that I think a lot of people don't understand, because, like, I remember when I was in Houston, and there was a sign that said, like, I've waited 40 years to see Sting live. Oh, my like, God. And, but I think that there's a lot of people out there that never have seen him live. So, like, just him being there is an attraction in itself. That's a good point, because when he was in WCW for so long, they didn't run certain markets that the WWF no. ran. Right. And yeah, that totally makes sense that like there actually is a portion of the audience that probably never had a chance to see him live until now. I never even thought about that. Yeah. And most most of the shows in Florida for TNA were in Florida. So like, right. otherwise you didn't get to see him much. And then in WWE, it was a short run. So it's like, you know, you didn't get very many opportunities. So now, you know, this is your kind of your last chance. And so I, I think it definitely draws people in to see him. Um, so I think it's smart, and I think it works, so I'm all for it. All right, let's talk about your boy, Cody. Okay. So first of all, do you know what The Boys is? So it's okay. the Amazon show, right? And I told you it was that superhero show that's, like, really gory. Oh, yeah. Well, they keep calling him Highlander. And, like, Highlander in The Boys is, like... He is like Batman, Superman type character, Captain America to the public. But behind the scenes, he's a terrible person and he is a villain and he like, you know, kills people and does shady deals and all this stuff. Right. But Cody, who's calling him this? But the fans, the, the fans. fans and everyone in the chat saying Homelander. Homelander. Sorry. I call okay. him Highlander. Sorry. Okay. Homelander. Yeah. My yeah. Bad, I've, I I've seen a little bit that on Twitter. People's. Saying Homelander. I didn't but know that's what, what meant. Okay. That's what they're referring to, right? So, um, anyways, Cody kind of dressed up like Homelander for that 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 uh, match. So, now people are really starting to run with the idea that he is going heel. Um, to me, he has the vibe of stale John Cena. And that is why he's getting booed out, booed by most people now. And I think it's a couple of factors. One, I think him not being associated with the elite hurts him. I think that that was part of the group. That's what really built him up, even feuding with him, but like feuding with them, but like not being there hurts him. Two, I think this whole nightmare family thing has only hurt him and not elevated anybody that he feuded definitely didn't elevate QT whether they pushed him or not, but people can't stand QT. You're talking about elevating people like after he elevated like Darby and, and right. Brody and them like post like, that stuff. He was, he was 
he was doing fine. TNT champion, elevating guy. Right, I see what you're saying. You're talking hitters. about the last handful of months. Okay, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Like, basically from, like, the once the Nightmare Family stuff started, right? Like, it took a while, and we are like, QT and Lee Johnson and all these other guys that he's, like, kind of been associated with or feuded with and, and Anthony Agogo. And now it's like, okay, now we're facing Malachi. Well, now you've lost to Malachi twice. So it's like, what's next? Like, I, it's just hard to get behind Cody right now. I, I like Cody, but there's a lot of people now that are turning on Cody. And if Cody is going to go against the grain and still try to be babyface, I think it's going to come across really bad. No, I, I honestly think it's all on purpose to build to a heel turn. Like, uh, I see Bill's Mafia say that he did it. I hadn't seen that interview. Robbie Fox is great, though, over there at Barstool. He, uh, apparently, John, he, Cody basically implied that he was, that's what he's going for. Yeah, I've been calling that for, I've been calling that for a long time. Like, that Cody's just, he's just being ultra white meat baby face right now because, like, he'll eventually turn. But, but what's, what's the one difference, though? Listen, he got cheered that entire feud. All right. Like against Malachi up until, I mean, there's Malachi's getting cheered too. A lot of it, but he, there but, were a couple of times where he got a little bit booed, but I know what you mean. But like, remember, but no, no, Carolina? Got, but no, this is my point. Is, yeah. So up until this point, every event that like Cody and Malachi would like go head to head or something, Cody was still getting a lot of cheers. Yeah. Yeah. What's the one difference between all of that and his match against Malachi Black this past uh, Wednesday? Brandon's with him. That's it. <laughs> right there. People don't want to see it. They don't care about this roads to the top stuff. Yeah. They don't care about Brandy as a character on the show. Like, I'm yeah. sorry. Like, I love Brandy as a person. I think she's great. I think what she's done behind the scenes for the company has been awesome. But nothing she's done on the show has worked. And yeah. I think that I don't think the fans, like, I think that made the fans want to boo him more because I don't think they liked the two of them. Like, and, and part of it also is, I think a lot of the Cody Rhodes haters just don't like how successful he is. It just this it just comes down to like he's too clean. He's too he's too like I don't know. He uh, he probably comes across arrogant and better than than people and stuff. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, but uh, honestly, like I don't want to blame it all on Brandy, but it's one of those things where like she came out and he started getting booed, and it's like okay, well there you go. Like people don't want to see her on the show. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think that's part of it, but I definitely think that um, I definitely think that he's got that that stale vibe that he needs to do something. And remember, in my opinion, indie run wise, his best stuff was as a heel, like yeah. by far. And I think people forget how good of a heel he is. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. I I just. And, and, and honestly, I feel like just like you were saying with CM Punk and Phil Brooks, I feel like Punk is going down that same stale path if he doesn't do something. And, and, and I think he needs to feud with somebody that is a big star. I think that that would definitely help things, spice things up. Because, I mean, I, I'm not, I don't want to see Punk just go through Team Taz. Like, oh, I, it's fine, but like, it, to me, it, it, it takes a, like right now, the excitement for punk should be through the roof. And if it's just like mid level, that, that's not a good thing. Yeah. I mean, it all depends on kind of what they do with all of it. Cause that's, a, that, that's the same thing for punk. Like he, he's even implied that 
he's going to turn heel. Like he pretty much yeah. said it in a promo last week. Like, yeah, hey, the CM Punk y'all want. Yeah, like he's coming eventually. So it's yep. like Cody's in a similar position. Um, and part of it too with Cody is he can't challenge for the world title. So like yep. he's that's part of what makes him stale a little bit by default is like you know he can't even. There's no, like, he can't even be involved with the world title. So, like, there's a whole chunk of upper-level feuds he just can't even be involved with because they would all have to do with the title. Right. So, um, and granted, I know people in the chat have said, like, Cody was getting rude before Brandy. I I understand that there's a definite portion of the fan base that doesn't like Cody. Like, he yeah. does get booed occasionally. But the the all this heat about him not putting people over, I think, is, That's is, is, is complete nonsense. Complete. The, it is, it is not the same. The I, comparison I, I, of him and Jeff Jarrett, so yeah. stupid. And Triple H back in like yeah. the early two thousands and stuff. It is not. It's it is not the same thing at all. And like I know I'm biased. I know I'm a big Cody fan, but like it is. Do you, you guys think Triple H and, and Jeff Jarrett would have put over Darby Allen? You know what I'm saying? Like like yeah. really put him over, put over Brody. Even guys that Cody's beating are still looking better than when they went in. The right. one sticking point people seem to have is Anthony Ogogo who clearly wasn't ready for that spot to begin with. Yeah, I like, agree. And he was clearly used as a placeholder. Like, they brought him in, they mega-pushed him. It would have been the same kind of thing in the WWE with John Cena when they would push a guy like you know, Kozlov or something. And, and like, yeah, he'd look good for a second, like Go-Go did, and then he loses John Cena, because that's what it's actually all about, it's making it's John kinda, Cena look better. It's, it's kind of like, to me, though, like, it's like, imagine if, like, MJF, he just got done feuding with Brian Pillman, right? But then imagine if he went down and feuded with like somebody maybe the same or lesser than again. It just would make MJF not seem important. It would just make him lose momentum. And I feel like Cody has done that to himself the way that they booked this. So I, I just, and I like the Malachi thing, but then it's like, if I'm already thinking you're weak and then you get your ass kicked twice, it's kind of like, where are we going here? You know I, I what think, I mean? I think they're going to do the trilogy where it's Cody's career on the line. Oh, boy. Do you think they do that too much at this point? If they do do careers on the line? Maybe, but it, I mean, I'm okay with it if the stories are good and the matches are good. Like, like for instance, I think that – I still think at some point they're going to do Young Bucks versus uh, Penta and Phoenix, Mask versus Hair. But they're going to be doing, they're doing this hair thing with Matt Hardy, which, you know, it seems a little convoluted if they're going to have like multiple hair cutting type storylines. Yeah, like, I don't, like, I don't love they can that make idea. that whole House of Hardy bald until they get to Matt Hardy. Is that like the goal? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And like, like it, it, let's be honest, Steven, it's like Orange Cassidy versus Jack Evans, a big rampage match to promote. Well, I think Orange Cassidy is, you know, he's at a lot, he's at, he's in a strange position with AEW because he's definitely still one of the most popular guys. They just use him really sparingly. And then Jack Evans is capable of having like really cool matches and doing mm. cool stuff. So like, I think their match is actually going to be good, but like to the, if you're an AEW fan, that's only seen Orange Cassidy from AEW and you've only seen Jack Evans from AEW, then I, you probably don't see Jack Evans as a big enough right. you know, deal. But like for Which people I mean, like I us, like we, Jack Evans. Right. Like I get it. I just right. I just I I kinda wanna step away from these type of matches, to be honest with you. Like I feel like the roster's big enough now to where this type of stuff 
kind of needs to be on the wayside now. But, I mean, like, what would you rather do? Just they just wrestle a match? I, no, I'm not necessarily. I'm the, I don't have a problem with stipulation. I have a problem with the matchup being promoted as like their top match for a Friday night. Like that's that's my issue. Now, granted, I don't know if that's going to be the main event. But like when I was watching it and they were plugging the next week's shows, and the only match they're plugging is Orange Cassidy versus Jack Evans in a hair versus hair match. It's just like that. That doesn't. I don't think that draws anybody in. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think they're kind of banking on uh, just Orange Cassidy's kind of star power with that. Like, just so, the fact that you get to watch him wrestle on Friday night. All right, we're going to get this one out of the way from Chris Warden. Thanks, Chris. Always appreciate the Super Chats. Um, says, even guys, nothing wrestling related tonight, but how about them Cowboys? And no offense, Steven, but the Vikings are going down October 31st. Laugh out loud. That the yeah. Cowboys game on Halloween? Yeah, Halloween, yeah. buddy. Get ready. We're coming. I think it's I think it's at AT and T too, so that's going to be lit. Wonderful. Yeah. Not, completely unrelated, but there's a streamer that I've known about for years called Tim the Tatman. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've seen anything about him, but he just became a minority owner in the esports organization that Jerry Jones owns. So okay. he, was, he so he's been actually live streaming the last few days from AT and T Stadium, which has been nice. pretty cool. But nice. uh, yeah, so being a Cowboys fan, I thought you'd think that was pretty cool. I mean, honestly, like, if we're going to speak Cowboys real quick, I mean, like, I couldn't be happier. Like, we look amazing. We look way better on defense than I expected. You know what's crazy is last year we drafted CeeDee Lamb first round, and second round we drafted Trayvon Diggs. And both are, like, premier players. And Diggs, I had no idea he was going to be this good. Yes, I knew he was the brother of Stephon Diggs, but I had no idea that he was, like, going to become a ball hawk corner in a yeah. shutdown corner. So that's exciting. And then our, our linebacker, Micah Parsons, is an absolute monster. I mean, the speed, the closing speed that he has on the edge, like quarterbacks just can't escape it. It's a, it's a, it's amazing to watch. It's it's wild, like, just some of those dudes, too, when you really think about it. Like, I think about it when I watch Daniil Hunter play, yep. where I'm like, this dude would, like, the way he's moving and stuff, like, with, like, if this guy was, like, a pro wrestler or a fighter, he would kill everybody. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? You just see, like, the level of, like, like, he wouldn't even make heavyweight in the UFC, probably. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, he's, and those guys move, like, I mean, I I feel like we under, we don't, because, like, we, you know, we watch the NFL, but, like, I still, like, when I really put it into perspective, those guys, those athletes, are they are they are legitimate freak athletes. Though. Which is why the WWE scouts the guys that get cut. Oh, oh no, for sure. Like, for sure. Yeah, we could make him do this, and it'll be great. But, like, those extra high-level dudes, man, like, they're, they are built different, those guys, man. Phil, Phil, let's be honest. We look really good. The Cowboys look really good. You know you know, we're easily winning that division. He's a, he's a Philly fan. Yeah, didn't the division – no, like, has the rest of the division not played well? I don't think that – No, yeah, it's a wrap. It's a, yeah. It's, I, it's a, if, if we don't get injured, we stay healthy, this thing is a wrap. Yeah, I saw a little bit of that. Like, Well, there's no quarterbacks either. Like, it's just Dak. Dak and nothing else. Like, it's either – it's Jalen Hurts, it's Daniel Jones, <laughs> and it's the Washington backup. Man. So – Oh yeah, he it's it's the dude who used to play the backup for the Vikings. Um uh I can't, I can't even think remember. of his name. He was there like a few seat. he was there for a few seasons. 
Like, Taylor Heineke. That's Heineke, it. yeah. Uh, I'm pretty yeah. sure. I think he was the Vikings' backup for, like, a little while before we get the Sean Mannion dude. The Vikings are totally screwed if, like, if Cousins ever goes out. Like, they have all the eggs are in that basket as far as the quarterback goes. But, yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, congratulations. I'm glad that our teams are winning. It definitely makes for yes. a lot more enjoyable uh, football Sundays and Monday. You were the Monday the Monday game, yep, right? So, Monday. Yeah. So we got the Panthers. Who do you have? Oh, uh, we have. I had it written down. We have the uh, the Browns. Oh, that's a, that's a tough game. Yeah, I actually remembered it because that's Jesse's team, so that'd be fun. Nice. Um, and it's also their head coach was our yep. our you know worked his way from. Literal. So he, he knows a little bit about your offense and yeah. your guys. Yeah, Kevin Stefanski worked yeah. for the for the team for 14 years, from an intern all the way up to you know coordinator, and then be this yeah. favorite and, Brad Childers or not Brad Childers, Mike Zimmer. If Dalvin Cook wants to be out again, my fantasy team's fine with that. I can start Madison, good to go. There you go. Yeah, Madison looked good. I mean, yeah, he he. He only gets any shine when Dalvin's not playing, obviously, but like he runs very similarly to him. Yep. Like um Dalvin's definitely the better running back of the two, right. but like Madison is he's really the best possible backup we could have for, for their our style. And they look very similar. When you see them on this like because they got the same hair and the same kind of build, you can really only tell by when you look at like their numbers. It's pretty funny because it, it screws up the commentators all the time. Whenever yeah. both of them are in the game, they're always screwing up who's carrying the ball. It's pretty funny. But the, yeah. Those, yeah, so it's they're they're he's a great, great um backup for us. So I yeah. I you know, he's a guy that I see a lot of value in. Like every time that there's any talk about like resigning him or extending him like I want him to stay but he's also so good that he could start for some of these other teams you know what I mean so you never know but I'm definitely happy with him for sure for sure all right we'll go back to football anyways guys if you can hit that like button if you haven't yet please do and if you guys have any super chats please send them our way it helps support the channel and I really appreciate it um so yeah uh one thing I was hearing from Disco Inferno, I, I like to listen to... <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good lead into anything. Right. I like to listen to everybody's perspective for Me the too. most part. Hell yeah, and, for sure. Um, he's definitely way more old school, right? Yeah. But his thing is, is that AEW just feeds its base, and it doesn't try to reach out to a broader audience. Okay. My, my thing is, though is that if a base has been so jaded and if it continually gets fed, don't you think eventually that reaches out to a broader audience, a broader audience that sees that not only that, I feel like AEW is going to become the company where WWE fans are jealous, where they're literally jealous because they love the WWE. They watch the WWE but they're not happy with the WWE, but the AEW fans always get what they want from their company. And so I feel like if you feel that way, after a while, you're just going to be like, you know what? Screw this. I'm tuning into AEW. Like, th- this is this is nonsense. So how do you feel about that? Yeah, so I feel like you're totally accurate about that. Like, I think that they should just keep feeding just keep feeding the core audience and it will continue to spread even like buddies of mine that don't have any interest in wrestling anymore, but watched it, you know, 20 years ago when I talk to them about AEW or bring it up or like if they're over here or I like turn a show on or something, they're the um, reaction from all the, like the lapsed fans that I know is always like, 
I should start watching this again. Like, they're like, this is totally different than like when you, you know, brought me to Raw like five years ago or whatever. Like, this is a totally different thing. Like, yeah. I brought friends with my, of mine to, to SmackDown in Nashville once because the whole thing was centered about The Undertaker being there. And they weren't wrestling fans, but they were like, like, they wanted to see The Undertaker live. And he wound up literally just coming out. And I think he just like said like one thing about Shane McMahon on the microphone. It was, it was literally the entrance was like five minutes long. He said one word and then he, that was it. And they were like so bummed out. When I brought these like same friends to AEW, they're like, Jericho's on this? Like what? Oh, this is what Cody's on now? Like this is like, and they're like, and they got super excited. And the matches drew, drew them in. The next thing I know, they're hitting me up asking when the pay per views are. Like, yeah. I mean, and, and so, and and also, I may have made the same comparison on this show. I know I definitely did on Jesse's, but just let me say, because it, it, to your point about, do you want to put like that big net out there and just like, not even like the non-wrestling fans, just casual audience, like, do you really want that? Yes and no, in my opinion. Yeah, on, I agree. On one hand, I think the more the merrier, because like you want you want everybody to be able to enjoy the show. Like, I think that's cool. Like to be able to be a wrestling fan and, and, and make more wrestling fans and have a wider audience, more popularity and all that stuff. But you also have to understand everybody, like pretty much everything you watch or consume has some sort of target audience. Yep. And for whatever reason, wrestling has been chosen as like the one thing that is that has to appeal to everybody or else everybody gets butthurt about it or at least enough people do that they complain about and they complain everyone thinks that they can book the show better what they're seeing everybody wants to see certain people elevated and certain people not on the show and certain people this and that everyone has all their opinions and everyone feels like they're a part of the show but we all have to understand Um, imagine if you were to watch like what's what's a like um like a a reality show like a real real housewives that reality show is that a yeah it's, it's a reality show, show. Yeah. so if you're watching like a real housewives show i'd imagine the majority of the show or or kardashian show or something is probably mainly targeted towards women it's mainly yeah. a show about women that are gossiping about other women that are you know their relationships and their their divorces and their marriages and the drama of their lives so uh, what if like me, who is not in that, I have no idea what the show is about yeah. and, and people, they just kind of push it on me. Cause it's like, for whatever reason, now they want me as a fan and yeah. I come in and I start going, huh? Yeah. Um, I really need more like fighting and like actual, like physical fighting in this show. Like yeah. I'm not about this gossip, but then the whole, and then they're like, well, are we going to change the whole show for this guy here who like this one guy who wants people to fight or this one guy who wants to watch them throw footballs around because the show isn't for me to begin with. Like what they don't care about what my opinion is because like I'm, I have nothing to do with what their target audience is. So like when, when, when it comes to AEW, it's like, do I want them to attract more wrestling fans? Sure. Like the more, the merrier. If you want to be an open-minded wrestling fan and come in and enjoy the show with the target audience, but not if you're, someone who's just going to come in and be like, well, they're not doing enough of this. They're not doing enough of that. They're not doing enough of this. They're not doing enough of that. It's like, we're all happy. Like, yeah. stop rooting this for us. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Like, like that's because it, because if you don't like this, there's like a hundred other wrestling promotions you can watch. So it's like, 
So it's just one of those things. That it, this could be applied to everything, you know. And that's why yeah. I said it at the end of Extreme Rules. I watched that show. I tweeted I'm out. Sorry. But I tweeted <laughs> out right after. I the tweet was something along the lines of like, like I'm so far out of WWE's target audience that I shouldn't even have an opinion on Extreme Rules. Like yeah. this show isn't written for me at all. Right. right. So, but you know, so it's one of those things where like. That, that's kind of the balance of it, right? Like, you want more fans, but you don't want fans coming in that have, like... Let me put it this way. I think a lot of the reason why I don't like the WWE, obviously, is because I'm not in their target audience anymore. But if they were to actually start doing certain things that AEW does, that they used to do, I might start watching it again. So, But they would be forced to change their product, and that's going to start alienating kids, potentially. So now it's yep. just this weird balance they have to play with. Before, their audience was us. It was like the, the teenagers, the young adults, the edgier-type product. But they alienated it, uh, us completely. We went to AEW, and now they service children. So it's that's... You know what's what I'm saying? Of, what's kind of funny, though, is like, if you really think about it, the Yes movement... Yeah. was the formation of the AEW fan base, right? It's really what basically, like, got NXT, like the, like, the buzz of it. Like, those are the type of fans that they wanted to attract. And it's funny to me that, like, like I said, 2016, man, WWE had some, some crazy good stuff. Yep. Their stuff was really good. They really cared about match quality. They really cared about having a, a good roster that could go in the ring. And like, they just, they threw all that away now. So yeah. it's like, like you said, you're not that target audience anymore. And then when you see that goofy crap with like the red light, the rope breaking, like Finn being resuscitated by the red light, like this is just entertainment. This is not about a, an actual match and having just a good quality match. This is something completely different. And so that's where I think people need to understand the, the disconnect of what's going on now is that there's the, the line is drawn. Like you're either a fan of this type of stuff or you're a fan of this type of stuff. And you, you could be fans of both, but you can't expect to get what you're getting here over here and vice versa. So it, that that's the biggest thing. I think everybody wants to put pro wrestling in one big giant bubble and it's all the same. And it's just not, it's just not. So yeah. especially the way Vince McMahon views it, especially the way Vince McMahon views it. So I think that that's a big thing. And I mean, at the end of the day, like watch what you want to watch, enjoy what you enjoy. But I just feel like as long as you pay attention to your core audience, right? Like, perfect example, in my opinion, is Star Wars. Because what they tried to do was, is they, they felt like they didn't have enough of a female demographic. So what they needed to do was make like an all-powerful Jedi female. So they did that. A lot of it didn't make sense. A lot of it was rushed because your main goal was just to make a female Jedi. It wasn't about how does this make sense in the story? How does this, how does this work with all of the Star Wars universe? Right. And then in the last one, they were like, okay, let's give her lineage to this person that makes absolutely no sense. And not only that, 
let's make sure she's the most powerful Jedi of them all. So like your Roman Reigns, for example, right? Forget about all your other wrestling guys. This guy is the most powerful wrestler of them all. He's your new baby face. He shoved down your throat and the fans rejected it. It's the exact same thing in Star Wars. The fans rejected it because it didn't make sense. It didn't stay to the core values of Star Wars. And like there was a huge backlash about it, right? So what happens? They come out with a series called Mandalorian that reminded fans of the original Star Wars, loved it, put it over through the moon, and then it got that fan base back. And that's basically what you have to do. You have to take care of your core base. You cannot just go off of the tracks and try to grab other stuff and get people's attention. Like, for example, Rosario Dawson, right? She showed up just to basically say, hey, Rosario Dawson's been to our show before. She participated the end. But they didn't put Rosario Dawson in a 30-minute segment. They didn't put her in a match with Bunny and all this other stuff that, like, nobody wants to see. But WWE would absolutely do something like that. They put Snooki on WrestleMania for crying out loud. They're alive at that. Yeah. So there, there you go. So that's what I'm saying is like, that's the difference. You can't just completely sell out your audience to gain other people's attention. Well, but the, see, the thing though is like WWE, their audience now is kids. So like, so they are appealing to their audience with these kind of shows. Like, I, I think. No, I, I agree yeah. with that. But right. I'm talking about AEW. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. You, for sure. You for need sure. to feed your base. Yes. And you can't just go and just be like, hey, we got Jake Paul on tonight and he's going to be facing Cody in the main event. And like, it's got to all make sense and it's got to be something that the fans could get behind. I yeah. mean, even like, look at Shaq, right? Okay, Shaq, you're going to be in the ring, but you're going through tables. Like, that's just what we're going to do. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it was awesome. So, no, and, it and, was. And, and, they, and they, I mean, Shaq's been wanting to wrestle a match since, like, 1996. <laughs> like, right. And, like, it took this long. And AEW is probably like, let's just do it. Like, you know. Well, like, and, then, and then, like, we can talk about Rampage, too. Like, I don't know how long Homicide actually plans on being there. But if it's just that one and done, Right. Like, I think that's cool that you yeah. can just bring somebody in. Here's 20,000 people. You've probably never performed in this, in front of this many people, especially in your own backyard. Like, this is just for you being an independent legend and you get your shot, right? Like, I think that's fine. Um, and, and I think, like I said, bring in Will Ospreay. I saw the damn graphic of Will Ospreay being promoted in New Japan. Like, it, Will Ospreay was on AEW television. I need that man in AEW, damn it. So, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 happening. And also, obviously, a big um, kind of point with Homicide is, I don't know what his, his, like, agreement with Ring of Honor is, but, like, obviously, Ring of Honor's willing to play ball to some degree, right? Like, I mean, that's been, like, a big question mark. Like, when's Ring of Honor going to get in the Forbidden Door? And I've seen Shane Taylor um, and Shane Taylor promotions and stuff kind of, talking like kind of tweeting towards the young bucks and stuff like oh y'all want to have trios titles like we got trios titles over here like you know like, we're you know so i think they're they're they but, the seeds give are me, being planted give me what you want from roh because to me it's gresham right you want Danielson, gresham, gresham. Brian Danielson, yeah. right yeah but like 
I don't think they bring a lot to the table. That's my biggest thing. And then they're also talking about now having no shows with fans for the rest of the year. You mean like you, I want AEW guys over there in final battle with no fans? Like I just like to me, they've got to bring more to the table than what they're bringing. I I think I, that I think that the way that AEW would be looking at it is like they just have access to really good wrestlers. I don't think they really necessarily even need the exchange of like even the AEW people even going to ring of honor potentially. Cause like even like taking someone like Jonathan Gresham and having him wrestle Brian Danielson, like that helps AEW on its own. Cause like it's a match that the hardcore fans want to see. And it's a match that I guarantee Daniel Bryan wants. And then on a, on Ring of Honor side, like they're getting a ton of promotion because it's Ring of Honor star Jonathan Gresham against Brian Danielson. So like they're yeah. getting a ton of advertisement by him being on AEW. So that's really all they would. I mean, it's a double win, even just having some of the bigger ROH stars just wrestling some AEW matches. Yeah. No, I agree. But like, I, I, I think you could do. This is another one. Like to me, if you do run the AEW show in England, you bring Zack Sabre Jr. to England against Brian Danielson on a dynamite. Like yeah. to me, that's just a special event, you know? Yeah. And honestly, I hear like people are, they're kind of smashing AEW because Suzuki is on there and they're saying nobody knows who that is. And they're not really doing a, fa- a great job of explaining that who he is. But like to me, it's like just look visually. Like, yeah. you don't really need a ton of explanation. You know, if you what don't I mean? know, Google it. It'll take five seconds. Oh, right. Oh, oh founded Pancreas, which was around before the UFC. Oh, had this whole MMA career. Fought this guy, this guy, this guy. Like, oh, had two multiple, basically, pro wrestling careers and a whole resurgence. I mean, you could probably well, look at his Wikipedia page and be like, wait a second, where is it? How do I not know about this guy? And you have decades worth of matches you can find for him. <laughs> That's the thing too, is like you go to independent show now, right? And you see like a guy that you're impressed by, you immediately go to YouTube and just like look up what they have. You can go to Google. Like this is not hard anymore. So I don't think it's necessarily their job to tell you and show you backstory and all that stuff. And I think they do a really good job when it comes to like road twos and Stuff like that and building things up. So, but I, I love, I, I think one thing that AEW really needs to always have is the ability that anybody can show up. Yeah. Cause I, I just think that that, that keeps people on edge and it doesn't have to be long term. It doesn't. You can just yep. have a cool feud, little, you know, couple of stints there and bam. Like I loved the Nick Gage and Jericho stuff. Like, it was perfect. Like he showed up one week in dynamite, he faced him the next and then he's on his own and he's a bigger star afterwards. Like, I think it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, for sure. And there's, you know, one guy that I feel like has been flying under the radar for a while. I know you're a fan and I don't know how well he'd fit in AEW, but I do like the idea of EC3 popping up at some point too. Yeah. Like, Cause he's really done a good job of like, like, if you've been paying attention to what he's been doing, it's actually been really cool. The, the narrative. Yeah, with, like, the multiple promotions and, like, him doing his own shows on Fight and stuff. And, like, it's pretty cool. And he was in the, <clears throat> the world title match for Ring of Honor, that four-way. But, you know, he got, like, eliminated first from, like, a DQ. It was kind of stupid. But but there's, you know, there there is a lot of talent over there. Like, I mean, Tony Deppin and Chris Dickinson and these guys who work with Ring of Honor and this that I think could really add to AEW, even if it is just for a... Like, if you did Balance Unlimited as a team against, you know, the Elite or whatever, like, that'd be yeah. sick. Yeah. 
No, there's definitely some 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 cool stuff, and like I said, it, it really just depends on the storyline. But it just opens everything up. There's so when, many things you can do. And I don't know what their contract statuses look like, but I have to assume uh, Bandito and Dragon Lee will will be in AEW whenever because well, like Roosh, they clearly one well, Roosh, Roosh too. He's like open. He's he's like my contract is up in January, and he said that uh, he's going to listen to all offers. Yeah, one in, I mean, I, I specifically say Bandito also because, like, the all-in show. Like, I mean, yep. it's, like, clear that they would have wanted him from day one, so. Plus, like, just the, I mean, you could have such a monster lucha stable if you brought in those guys. Like, unbelievable. They did him versus Phoenix? Oh, my God. It, there, I mean, there's so, <laughs> many, there's so many things you could do with that. Yeah. All right, we got sure. more Super Chats. Michael, appreciate it, buddy. Man, how bad, how big is that game uh, on Sunday night? That even I I'm not a Patriots fan, I'm not a Tampa fan, oh, I'm not a Tom boss, Brady yeah. fan, but like that Adele video package of Tom Brady returning is like, whoa, like it 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 feels like when uh Favre came to Lambo, which I know you know all about, <laughs> but like that that was like a crazy moment and I feel like just it's going to be something just you have to watch. It's going to be a, an incredible moment. Yeah, I'm um, not going on my fantasy team, so I'm expecting him to, uh, as long as he's healthy, yeah. which I think he still is. He he got banged up a little bit last game. Looks but, like he took a shot to the ribs aside, but yeah, right. I think he just got his wind knocked out pretty much. Yeah, but um, but yeah, he they got to be out for revenge. Him and Brady, like I'm looking for a big game out of Gronk. So no, for sure. Um, do you guys think Bray Wyatt will debut tomorrow night? So the reason this started is because Meltzer said it like three weeks ago that Bray could possibly show up. It's Brody Lee's hometown. The Dark Order has definitely been having a lot of division lately. So that's where people are are going with it. Me personally, I feel like that if he was going to show up, there would be some type of hint of it. Like TNT wants ratings. Tony Khan usually gives you a little something, not a ton, but there's some type of hint and nothing's happened. That's not saying it won't happen. I'm not saying that. But first of all, another thing, too, is he'd have to forego his 90-day compete clause, which means he did not get paid when he was released. Um, And I don't know if he would want to do that or not either. But I think the WWE would have been open to it just because he is expensive. And so if you can just avoid paying that salary for three months, the way that they were trying or still trying to cut costs to look profitable because they want to sell. But anyways, um, I, I think I'm not ruling it out. I'm, I'm probably like 70% no, 30% yes. Yeah, yeah, I feel kind of the same. It's one of those things like my hopes aren't up for it. It 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 isn't like a like a CM Punk type situation or like a Daniel Bryan Adam Cole type situation where like I was expecting it to happen. Like yeah, the Adam Cole one you didn't really know because he was still you weren't sure, but like it was all but confirmed that Danielson was going to show up and like we knew Punk was showing up when he did and stuff. So my hopes were obviously up for that kind of stuff. With the Bray Wyatt thing, I think it'd be awesome. I know that he he has tweeted a bit lately. Um, he put out a picture of like him across the ring from Daniel Bryan when he was with the Wyatt family and stuff. Yeah. So like, I think, I mean, it's it's a, I think it's a foregone conclusion he is going to go to AEW. Yeah. Um, and I do think the best option is for him to help, uh, 
uh, the, the Dark Order. And, and I think tomorrow would be perfect with it being in Rochester. And, and that was when Brody was supposed to debut. I remember he was supposed to debut in Rochester and then COVID and all that stuff. Um, I was going back watching old AEW vids. And uh, it was said next week, blood and guts, the elite versus the inner circle. Like it was that close to happening. That was like right when COVID hit is right around that time. So yep. like it was just a week away and we didn't get it. Yeah. So the stars have all just kind of aligned perfectly. If I mean, so t- tomorrow night would, would make total sense, but if it doesn't happen, y'all don't get mad about it. Like it's going to happen eventually. Yeah. And, it's going to happen. And, it, and it'll be good when it does. So it'll so happen. It. I'll, I'll say this. It'll happen before full gear. I think that's a war at full it, gear. Yeah. Either, yeah. Either, either before or at full gear. I, I agree. Yeah. Wouldn't surprise me if they made that like the new tradition because Rampage is supposed to be in the same place as the pay-per-view. So you could do Bray Wyatt's debut at Full Gear or at Rampage and then get people excited to order the pay-per-view at Full Gear. I can see that. Yeah. I mean, just imagine like how much people would mark out tomorrow night though. Like if Bro, Bro, if Bray Wyatt showed up, whatever his name's going to be, Rotunda or Wyndham or whatever. But if he, if he showed up just in the first, you know, lights off, you know, lights back on, he's in the ring and he's wearing a Brody Lee shirt. People would be going nuts. Yeah, like, I mean, for sure, for sure. Um, well, but, and uh, I, okay. So here's another thing we need to discuss: is what do you do? What do you do with Danielson and Kenny Omega? Because. From what I saw in an interview with Brian, it was like the AEW interview too. So this is like, so he's like, I understand the ranking system. I have to work my way through. Right. Are we about to see Brian just like wrestle every week and keep working his way to the, to the top and face Kenny Omega at full gear? Or is he in the background and something else is going to happen? Because to me, it's starting to feel like Adam Page isn't coming back till after full gear. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it really, it depends on Hangman's timeline, a hundred percent, all of this, because I'm totally fine with Hangman and Kenny. I actually have been calling it for a while. Now I, I know that like it was possible that Hangman could, I think well, it would take too long to kind of go through all that. I think things have worked out better than they than the AEW could have possibly ever imagined because yeah. I think if the if the initial plans were Hangman to win the title um at the last uh the last pay-per-view yeah. then then like you know all this Danielson Omega stuff would either have to wait or they'd have to they'd have to do something different with Brian at first or they you know have to hold off on Brian or whatever the case is I've been saying for a while though that like I think Revolution's the move for for Hangman because yeah. like that's like that's the pay per view where like him and Kenny faced the Young Bucks and had like that incredible match was at Revolution that's the beginning of the year like January February time and I think that that's the event that Hangman should win the title at so yeah. so what I what I'd like to see happen is exactly kind of what you said like Brian goes through the ranks earns the title shot again, but Omega <coughs> Omega retains. Omega beats Danielson in the title match. Yep. Um now that said, do you think not that I think that they're gonna change course, but do you think it's possible that they do wind up just kind of like 
not pulling the trigger on Hangman to like maybe like way later because like now they've got Danielson and and Wyatt and Adam Cole and like all these other options. Now I'm not saying it's fair that I know that I no, want I that, but you I, know, do you I, think you, maybe- you start? You start to hear that quite a bit now, though, where a lot of people are like, it's time for Hangman to be put in the back and somebody else take the spot. Um, I hear Fournette say that, I think. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I'm just saying in Twitter and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, people I, say I stuff. Yeah. And, I mean, to me, it kind of sends, like, a WWE vibe to me. Yeah, or like a, or like a TNA vibe where it's like, well, we're like not going to push built these guys. Story well, and yeah. you built this storyline, and then you just, like, threw it away because big new stars came, and you right. kind of forgot the originals. But at the same point, if Adam can still get there, but maybe it takes him to get through Adam Cole or an MJF or something like that, a CM Punk, um, and it takes a little bit longer, I'm okay with that. Because here's my problem now. I feel like Kenny Omega's starting to hit his stride. I feel like Kenny's starting to really... Oh, he's, inc- he's looking incredible. Right. Yeah. But we we necessarily haven't got that Kenny for a bit. And now he's starting to really, like... Like, before it was just like, okay, he would wrestle in Impact. And then he would have his every now and then uh, Dynamite match with no crowd. And then, you know, he'd have his pay-per-view match. But that's only like two matches that out of the year before with no crowd, like it just, but now it's like Kenny's the man. Kenny, like to me, remember back in the day where it was a debate between Roman Reigns and Kenny Omega as wrestler of the year. Back in the day, that was like last year. Yeah. I, I don't think it's a debate though. Now I really don't. I think Kenny's, Kenny's definitely the best wrestler in the world right now. And I think that, uh, it's only going to get better the longer this title reign goes. So I'm just not ready for Kenny to lose the belt at the end of the day. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't want him to lose the belt anytime soon either. But, like, I mean, if it's too hangman and, like, it's with this story, then, like, that is what they need to do. They need to go all the way and, like, get that belt on hangman. But at the same time, I think, you know, I think depending on how they do it, it, it really, and I obviously I have a lot of faith in AEW, but like, yeah. I really think if they do something similar to what I was talking about the other week, where like, if Hangman beats Kenny, but not long after, possibly even the same night or, or that week, if we got, you know, Adam Cole and the Young Bucks turn on Kenny or something, and he goes away for a little while, but then he comes back as a baby face and as the best bout machine, like, or he comes back and like he's got a bushy with him to yeah, fight that would to be fight huge. the elite. That would like, be huge. I mean, like that's and then we can get that Kenny. Like right. again. So like I like that Kenny's not gone. Like no. he's obviously there right now when you see him wrestle with Danielson. Right. But like they have it's one of those things like AEW's got all the time in the world. So yeah. I mean when when I say let stuff play out, like I'm saying it unironically when I say it about AEW. When I say it about the WWE, like I'm I'm being an asshole i'm just trying to be funny where i'm like yeah let it play out because like you know it won't and the payoff's gonna suck right AEW, it's like actually let it play out like these long-term stories are great so and the matches pay these feuds off like you actually feel satisfied at the end of it where you're like all this energy and time and thought and everything i've put into this as a fan 
they actually paid it off for me. Like I'm happy yeah. about how this worked out. Like, yeah. <laughs> so no, um, thank you. We uh we had a, a super chat from Dirty that I don't want to miss before it disappears. Yeah, it was about Anderson, but I appreciate it, Dirty. Thank you so much as always, man. Like I said, I can't thank you enough. And if you guys haven't hit that like button, please hit that like button. If you have any other super chats to submit, please submit the super chats. It always helps us out. Like I said, I definitely appreciate you guys. Um, who do you think Prime Anderson Silva could beat in current middleweight division? Uh, where'd you go, Steven? I'm still here. Okay. Um, Sorry, I was putting, I got my IWTV screen over here that I put a. I mean, uh, in my opinion, on. Prime Anderson Silva against any striker he would have a pretty good chance. I mean, I, I even would say he could possibly be Izzy, to be honest with you. Like, I I just – my biggest concern was wrestling with him. Like, if, if you had the guy that would constantly take him down by me, I think he would beat Whitaker. I think he would have beat Izzy, possibly. I think Izzy's a good matchup, but I think he definitely had a chance to beat Izzy. Um, I think he still would probably be the champion, to be honest with you, if he was in his prime. Yeah, I think Prime Anderson still beats uh I think he beats everyone in the division. Except yeah. for possibly Adesanya. But um when the two of them fought each other, like I know Adesanya has a lot of respect for Anderson, but like Adesanya didn't like whoop his ass. Like it was a pretty decent fight. Yeah. Um so I you just gotta think like Prime Anderson would have had a real shot in that. So um, so yeah, thanks well, for the super chat, dirty. But yeah, I, I'd, I'd say Prime Prime Anderson is the best middleweight I think of all time. So. Yeah. Well, and they were talking too. Like he wants to fight two more times in boxing for the like, and that would be next year. He'd like to. So very curious who they match him up with. But it sounds like it's going to be with Triller because he has a contract with them. So no telling what that will be or or what. But um, it's it's definitely been fun to see Anderson box. That's for sure. Hell yeah. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, he doesn't have to worry about takedowns or nothing. So he can just – he doesn't have to worry about his leg breaking or, you know, whatever. So he can just box and, I mean, he's masterful with his hands. Yeah. Yeah. I really wish he was able to make that transition years back when the UFC wouldn't let him do it. Or when things were starting to really dip, right? Yeah. Like when he was starting to lose multiple fights and stuff, like why not come back and face Roy Jones? Like that would have been cool. Yeah. But yeah, Anderson. I think he would have beat Roy Jones too. Like I love Roy, but the chin is gone. So yeah, I, I really want to see. Obviously, I want to see him fight like one of the Paul brothers, or I want to see Anderson against the winner of uh, De La Hoya and. Uh, Do you know who he was calling out? He was calling out Mayweather. Anderson would like. I'd love to fight Mayweather. I'd and love I'm to like, see that. No, it's fine. But I mean, Floyd's 147 pounds, like 150 yeah. months soaking wet. Like he's not going to agree to fight Anderson at 200 pounds. Oh like, no. The, yeah. The, and maybe at 185, but I mean, Floyd the, at most it could get to 160. And I mean, Floyd would have to be fat. Like, yeah, I, it just, it doesn't make any sense. One, one more thing. I just definitely don't want to forget to bring up because we got to talk about it. Yeah. Tyron Woodley got the tattoo on his finger. Yeah, and God. he's still not going to get the rematch. No, like, I, I, I have I have never seen somebody so desperate for clout in my entire life as Tyron Woodley. Like some of these people I see on the internet, literally begging for followers, pale in comparison to what Tyron Woodley is doing. Right. Like, what a jabroni! I'm sorry. Like, get over it, bro. Jake Paul beat you, and you're a grown ass man 
with an I love Jake Paul tattoo on your on your finger now. And this guy's still not gonna fight you again. Yeah, on on his his middle middle finger. finger. Yeah. Yeah, It's pathetic. Pathetic. And the whole thing was is he had to get a tattoo like that night. He didn't do it. So it's like you're wasting your time or whatever. I mean, you know he's gonna turn that tattoo into something else. Oh yeah, I'm sure, but it's like, I mean, that's just so sad. I've never seen. I mean, he's like 40, isn't he? Like, yeah, 40. It's like, dude, like you're that desperate for SoundCloud rappers to follow you on on Instagram. You well, know what I'm saying? He, like, he, he had all these plans. Like, he was gonna be on this ABC show and he was gonna do all these things, but he had to win that fight and it didn't happen. Yeah. So now it's like, oh well, maybe just I like, need a rematch. Just like he was gonna sell all these rap albums the day after he lost the title and. Yep. I mean, this guy, he's just, he might be the worst marketer of all time for like somebody's career. It's, it's unreal. Um, but I, you know, I obviously understand before anybody else says it, cause I'm sure people will. Obviously the main, the reason Tyron's doing this is because he gets paid a ton of money to fight Jake Paul. Yeah. He, he gets more money than anyone he could ever face for the rest of his life. Right. So that's why he's doing it. I get it. But, but on top of that, you have to be a gigantic cloud chaser to actually, like, you're in a feud with a 20-year-old kid and getting his name tattooed on you because you're that desperate for a rematch against him. Like, and you were a former UFC fighter, and you're this desperate to fight a Former YouTuber. UFC champion. No, sorry. Arguably I mean, yeah. a UFC Hall of Famer. Like, I, I, I'd, I'd, I would say UFC Hall yeah, of Famer based yeah. on some of the other people that are in there. He's, he's, he's in the Hall of Fame, in my opinion. But, right. and I won't take anything away. I was there live when he knocked out Robbie Lawler. Like, I mean, that dude, I, but this, the, Tyron Woodley, since losing the world championship, yep. is just, well, since winning the world championship, actually, had right. just been unbearably annoying to me. Yeah. Like, and, and this is the kind of stuff that just puts it over the top where it's like, dude, you, like, Talk, well, I mean, that, if you're I, Jake, if you're Jake, like, what's the benefit? Like, nobody likes Woodley, right? So then, like, if you're going to do a rematch, it, the whole point is, is Jake to be the most hated, and then you need a baby face. You need a baby face to be like, I want to destroy, I want this guy to destroy Jake. And with Woodley, it's like, man, I don't want to cheer for Woodley. I'm like, do I like Jake more than Woodley? Is that what's going on right now? Like, it's, it's, me is yes. But that's what I'm saying. That That's yeah. not that's not what you want, though. That doesn't draw the money. You know? I know. And, like, nobody, like, even, like, the hype beast crowd that would, like, not know anything, not know anything about combat sports. Like, they're not going to even, they're not going to want to see a rematch, period. Like, yeah. that's not going to hold their attention. Like, they're yeah. going to be, they're all just going to say, dude, you already beat this guy. Like, I don't care about this. You already, you already beat him. Right. So, it's like, about adding to your resume, you don't want to, especially for Jake. Like, Jake wants to be able yeah. to, like, I beat this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. Like, I beat this guy, I beat him again. You know, he doesn't care. Yeah. So, so yeah, Karen Woodley, um, I don't know what words I'm not allowed to say on, on YouTube without <clears throat> this getting demonetized. I'll just say, like, most desperate, pathetic cloud chasing move I've ever seen in my life. It's absolutely pathetic. So, yeah, congratulations. Awesome. All right. Appreciate the super chat. New get a new one. Uh, King Bling Blah. All right. Smart or not? AEW runs a Super Bowl commercial. Um, as long as Time Warner, TNT, Warner Brother, whatever you, whoever's running it, is like fitting most of the bill and it doesn't come out of AEW's budget too much. It's smart. And 
Tony Khan definitely has NFL connections. We all know that. So, I mean, that works. You got a ton of eyeballs. Like, I'm not opposed to it at all. Um, I think Jacksonville should, like, promote AEW commercials, like, um, on Jaguar games and stuff like that, if they yeah. can. I mean, I know it's got to be so expensive, but For sure. just in general, I think it's worth it because that audience is out that watch football will more than likely be watching wrestling at some point or has been a fan of wrestling or, you know what I mean? So I just don't know how that works with like the WWE's relationship with Fox and the NFL's relationship with Fox and like that stuff. Well, I'm, not, I'm not sure where the Super Bowl is. Is it on Fox? It could be. No, on I, I don't know. CBS. But I also, yeah, but I, I also have to imagine there's some sort of collusion that goes on, right? Where like, you know, all these networks want to be happy with each other while they're all promoting the same thing. But, what if, what if, like, literally, like, Fox has not been happy with WWE, right? Right. What if Fox offered AEW a deal? That'd be like, sick because they they got a way better chance of getting back their W their uh, UFC audience with AEW than they do with the WWE. Agreed, and, and you remember they were upset with the whole CM Punk situation. AEW has CM Punk, like, and it would probably be a lot cheaper. It'd be cheaper. It would. But it would be way more money than AEW has. But but even if Fox doesn't actually sign them, if they're interested, that drives up the price big time for AEW with TNT. So um, that's really what these next couple of years are about, is just getting AEW's value up. So when the TV contracts are up, they can they can definitely get a fat check. Yeah. It'd be funny if AEW ran, like, a Super Bowl commercial that was, like, similar to how, like, politicians do, like, just, like, the smear campaign type thing. Where, like, <laughs> it's, like, it's like tired of watching this on pro wrestling yeah. shows, and it's a picture of, like, a girl with a doll. <laughs> they're, like... They're, like, like Finn the rope breaking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're, like... Or they could just have, like, AEW, like, Sammy reenact, and he's dressed up as the demon and the rope breaks. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, yeah. and, and then they have, like, Brit be uh, Alexa Bliss or something. Like, something like... Because you can't actually use WWE right. footage, but, you know. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, no, that would be funny. Yeah. I don't think it's ever going to get that ugly, though. I really don't. I, I, I think that both <laughs> believe that they're here to stay. Both believe that you could be taking food off of my table, but you're not going to put me out of business. You know what I mean? Yeah. They should run a, a, a like a video that's like our athletes, and it shows like you know that's like some crazy spot from AEW, and it's like their athletes, and it shows like Titus O'Neil like fly like flying underneath <laughs> the ring. <you> know? <laughs> right. Yeah, they could they could definitely have some fun with it. Yeah, but anyway, I just I I don't actually want AEW but I to would, stoop that level. But I, like I, I think mean, it's, it would be funny. But I feel like WWE would act like Mark like our athletes, and they show Marco's stunt for their athletes. You know what I mean? Like they could both go back and forth. Marco's stunt has more talent than like seventy uh, uh, percent of WWE's current roster. Sorry. Yeah, here we go. Yeah. Um, Who would you rather take? Anyone on NXT right now outside of Kyle O'Reilly or Marco stunt? Oh, there's a couple of guys that I would take in NXT. But but we're talking a couple. You're talking, but you'd rather take Marco more than like the majority of what's on NXT right now. Yeah, I mean, th- there's not a lot that I like on NXT, but, but I'm I just mean, saying there like, might be a little bit of potential there. I'm just saying, I'm gonna I will one day convert you into a Marco. I'm gonna start. Have you ever actually? I know you have IWTV. Use code Fight Talk. 
What, have you ever watched any of his stuff from Southern Underground Pro? Like, my company out of Nashville? Uh, no, but here's my thing. is like, do you, do you really think that there is a home for Marco Stunt as a singles competitor in AEW? Uh, probably not as, like, a serious threat to, like, any major titles as a singles guy. But right. I think you could still have entertaining matches. Uh, you have the right circumstances. Hair versus hair match with Orange Cassidy. Well, well, the, the thing with Marco is he doesn't wrestle like he's, he wrestles like he's his size. Like, he's constantly, yeah. like, going for your knees and stuff so that you're on his level. Then he'll do a hurricane run or someone's throwing him into you or like, so you're he's saying not, he's not that Marcus Sun has ring psychology. Marcus Sun has really good ring psychology. Yeah. Like that's, and that's the thing. And I also, I also have a soft spot for him because I know that his early career was him literally just going to these shows as like a, essentially a sideshow free right. type act. And just right. getting his ass beat by women's wrestlers. Just getting destroyed by women. On, like, yeah. all these, like, Memphis, Tennessee-type shows that, like, you know, it was all just a joke on him. Like, you know, let's beat up the little guy. And yeah. no one ever took him seriously. And then some of these little promotions, like Southern Underground Pro, took a big chance on Marco. And he got super over. And he had right. really good matches. And then the next thing, you know, he shows up on GCW and blows yeah. up. That's so when it's I like, found out about him was GCW. I guarantee you Janela found out about him through SUP, because Janela is linked with those guys. Janela's done SUP before. If you watch, dude, you there are multiple. Marco, yeah. You can, well, I'm going to tell you all right now. Go to independentwrestling.tv. Go to Southern Underground Pro. SUP, SUP grabs. Watch any match that he was in a scramble with. Like, I'm, they have GCW-level scramble matches in SUP. Marco was in some damn good scrambles. His Bone Storm Championship match, because he did win the, the world title, his match against Brett Eisen, one-on-one, watch that and tell me that, that those guys don't have ring psychology and that wasn't a good match. Like, just reserve all judgment on Marco Sun as a singles guy until you watch him versus Brett Eisen. If you don't like that, then fair enough. Like, that, I've given you what I think is, like, the best example of why I like Marco as a singles guy. I just think – I just think – like with 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 the current crop that AEW has, I just don't think that he necessarily fits in anymore. Like, I mean, I think he fits in as much as Fuego does. He is he is on that Fuego level somewhat, but I do think Fuego is. Uh, he also, I think Marco is better than uh, that dude with Luther uh, Serpenico. Oh yeah, that, well Luther is trash. And I think he's better than Luther. I mean, so I, that's the thing. is like, Marco is better than some of these guys. I, I agree, the but, but almost everybody that you're uh, bringing up, I think, should be let go anyway. So <laughs> no, it's like, it doesn't really matter to me. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> there says you take, well, yeah, I think, well, Omos is a different... I know you're saying this is a diss towards Omos, um, and I hope you don't watch the WWE anymore at that point, uh, at this point, because Omos is going to be the world champion of the WWE Within probably the next six months, I well, guarantee. Did, you, did so. you see? Did you see that um, AEW signed that seven three basketball, basketball player, player from yep. the Dallas Mavericks or whatever? So, yep. um, apparently they're looking for big men too. So it's it's uh, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, Mar- Marco is divisive. I I totally understand where people are coming from that that don't like him. I totally yeah. get it. But I just have a different perspective because I saw I saw his come up before he gained all this popularity. So. I just, I, I, my biggest thing is I just don't necessarily see a big fit for him and some other guys. Now, a lot of the guys that they started off with now, what they have 
I just feel like that they would be better off somewhere else, like being used and things like that. So yeah, understand. It's like when I go to GCW show and Marco stunts on the car, Joey Janela's on the car, and I'm like, that's awesome. Cool. Well, and it's funny, because I was just about to say with those two guys, like what I would like to see at some point, because in all honesty, I don't think that Marco is the best fit for Jurassic Express. Like I think personally, yeah. Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, the two of them together. Now, I think it's messed up that Marco didn't get an action figure in that two pack. Like I do think that's kind of screwed up. But yeah. like outside of that, like if it was just Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, that's probably better than the three of them as a team than a pair. But what I would like to see is if Janela could do, I think I said it way towards the beginning of AEW, if he could do some sort of like, now that he's a heel especially, if he could do some sort of like misfit type stable, almost like a Raven's flock of these like outcast type wrestlers that he found for like GCW, like Marco and stuff. Like that could be interesting if it was like a group of these like rejects or like these like oddity type guys, like. That, that I think there might be some, some legs with. Now, like I've said, I don't think the Marco's ever going <laughs> to be like a massive single star in AEW. I just don't no. think that the, I don't think it would be accepted enough by the audience. And yeah. I was like that too. Even on the indies, there was a solid probably three to six months that every time I saw Marco, I was kind of complaining about it. I was like, this is too unrealistic. Like I, yeah. I can't, but he won me over and I think he can win a lot of people over. But he's best served, I think, in matches against guys that are similar to his size, for obvious reasons, in multi-man matches, like like scramble matches and tag team matches and that kind of stuff. And I know his dream match is the big show, which is pretty funny, which I think right. would be pretty – I mean, they might as well just do. I mean, they might as yeah, well see not? how high up they can pull peak and pick Mark up in the air. I just mean, do, it, do it on, like, a dark <laughs> elevation or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah I saw him. I saw you, uh, Big Show wrestled like RSP, VSK, and someone else saw it. Yeah. All one yeah. time. Three on one. Uh, they, they must not think too much of RSP still. No, definitely not. Yeah. Um, so were you able to catch the Seth Rollins interview with Austin? I was able to catch it, but I chose not to watch it. Okay. I thought it was really good. <laughs> was it? It was really good. I like, watched I watched probably the first five minutes or so, then I just got so bored that I turned it off. But I, it was really good. I haven't seen Seth open up like that in a really like since probably his documentary time. Like he really went and talked about everything. And what what I picked up on was the most part was like, and and I don't know what this is. I don't know why guys are so hung up on this. But like his last goal, his number one goal, what he wants is to main event WrestleMania, like. CM Punk, that's all he wanted. Now Seth Rollins is in the same, like, way. And I just, I guess I just don't view Mania the same anymore. I don't think it's as important as they do. Um, But, like, that's that's it. And he doesn't doesn't really seem like he's going to be around much longer. Like, he kind of seems like he's open to retirement. And he's got, like, two more years left on his deal. And... That's about it. But he, he really did make it known that like Vince doesn't always have great ideas. And he I saw a quote about him not being happy about the hell in a cell with Bray. Oh yeah. He said he yeah. stared Vince down. And then he said that like the next, he was so mad he had to be held back by uh, TJ Wilson. And he was like ready to go off. He stared Vince down. Vince looked at him and then walked away. And then like, the next day he walked into Vince's office and he was like, that can't ever happen again. So we need to work this out. 
when Seth went into Vince's office and said, like, you can't do that to me anymore. Yeah, he's like, like, that that, will, that can't happen again. That was a disaster. Like, we can't do that ever again. Like, he was so embarrassed with what had yeah. happened out in the ring and everything and the crowd reaction. Yeah. That, yeah. Did, so, did, did, did he happen to mention, like, and Bray Wyatt doesn't even work here anymore? Like, Well, yeah, he, 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 he didn't. But one thing I did find interesting was is they were talking about the Shield and he said it was the greatest faction of all time. And the reason he said it was is because all three guys became yeah. superstars, like champions. Depending on, depending on when you started watching wrestling, like I don't, I, I don't get mad about someone saying they were the best faction of all time. Well, if you're just going by purpose, right? All three yeah. did become champions. All three did become main eventers. And they changed the in ring. <laughs> they changed the in ring style for the WWE. Like they made it more of an indie type style, like with all those six man tag matches and stuff. Right. Right. Yeah. So, but he, he did say, like, but we've all gone our separate ways. And he's like, you know, that's Seth Rollins, that's Roman Reigns, and that's John Moxley. And so it was like, oh, okay. He did not say Dean Ambrose. So, um, another thing, too, him and Cesaro owned a couple of coffee shops. So I thought that was kind of funny. And, uh, and he owns his yeah. wrestling school, too. I mean, like, yeah. he's got plenty he of stuff it. going on. Yeah. He plugged it. Um, so, yeah, and, and, he he actually named the school after Tyler Black and another guy that he used to wrestle. They got injured yeah. in the Indies. So then that's who runs the show for the most part. But yeah, that's where just, the brave name comes from. Black right. and brave, yeah. So he just seems pretty content. Um, but yeah, it was a really good interview. I recommend it. Okay, I saw. I mean, I saw some quotes for it. Um, I may wind up watching it. I mean, I I like Seth Rollins. I just he's a sellout. He, yeah, he's, I mean that's really. <laughs> And I'm not even like mad at him for doing that. I'm just, but that is, that is. He's like, he's like the only one that has come from that era and that generation. And like, not only happy that he left, but like brag about being better. But he is also like the only one who like, they really have pushed and kept as like a main event guy out of that era too. Yep. You know, like there's a lot of the people that are leaving were either misused or whatever. I think Rollins yeah. is like, he realizes like he's been the world champion and like, but see, I think through. a lot of that is, is because he has a relationship with Vince. Yes, for sure. I'm sure. I think, I think if you don't have a relationship with Vince in that company, you're done. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so the fact that he can just go up to Vince and say like, Hey, this isn't going to work or I want to do this or that, or I'm not feeling this. Like that's a huge part of it. And a lot of guys now they just, they're they're complacent. They don't want to do that, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure Vince makes you extremely uncomfortable as well. Like it's not an easy thing to go up to Vince. But oh no, I'm I'm sure. But uh, he's so Seth's actually a little younger than I thought he was. He's only 35 still. Yeah, he'll be 37. Um, he said he'll be 37 <laughs> when his contract's up. Okay, so with him though, he's probably also kind of the last of like. My general, he's he's between both of us, really. I'm 33, you're 38. 38. So he's, so he's, yeah, he's 35. He's right in between. And so he's also going to be kind of the last group, I think, maybe one of the last people even in the WWE at this point that cares about main eventing WrestleMania because they grew up as fans when WrestleMania ruled. Like, they grew up as fans. Like, he was, he was around my age when like WrestleMania at 17 happened. You know what I mean? And stuff. So it's like, to him, it probably still means so much to do something like that for his own, like, personal bucket list. Him him as little Colby Lopez, like, 
with the with you know I'm sure wrestling you know posters all over his bedroom walls and stuff. Right. He always was like, one day I'm gonna wrestle main I'm gonna main event WrestleMania. But like the next group of guys and stuff, even just a handful of years younger that came up more in like the John Cena era of WWE, yeah. they're not gonna care about made ready WrestleMania. I don't think yeah. because it's just a totally different it's a totally different. Well, vibe. not only that, is it night one? Is it night two? I want to. I want to main event night two because that's the last last show. Or night one's just as good. Like, right? You know, I I don't I don't know. I don't know how that works. Me either. Yeah, that's that's actually a good point. And I I like that they do the two nights as a fan because like the seven and eight hour long shows and stuff was just too much. Yeah. But as a as a wrestler, that is. It does get a but, bit but part of me too, though, I don't like it because it, it it takes away the moment, right? Because like if you had Becky and Sasha, you had that moment, but you also had the main event, and you also had like Edge or, or Cesaro and Seth Rollins, and and you know like like I feel like Becky it, and Sasha. Oh, you talking? You said uh, Sasha, Sasha and Sasha Bianca. Yeah, Thank gotcha. you. Yeah. yeah. If you had that with all the other stuff. Like, it just would have felt like so cool. And not only that, like, remember emotionally, like, just the return of fans and, like, it felt somewhat normal, like, night one. And then, like, going to night two, it was just like, okay, let's do this again. And it didn't have that, like, long-lasting feel. I still think you need a six-hour mania. You just need maybe a four-hour mania, just like AEW has four-hour shows, and and that's it. Yeah. And also, it affects WrestleMania weekend, too, because then – Indie shows have to run Thursdays and Fridays, and so now it's more than a weekend. You got to be there on the weekday, and like I don't know. Yeah, that's true. And also something that's true is GM forty six in the chat with a really good point here. I know he's laughing, but like it says, Rollins technically did main event WrestleMania thirty one. Yeah. And to be and I like I know I know it was the Money in the Bank cash in and all that stuff, yeah. but like to be honest, like. I feel like the moment he got out of that, winning the world title in the main event yeah. of WrestleMania and closing the show out in the pyro and pyro, the deal. And the belt, like, oh, spinning it around. It's not going to get better than that. Yeah. See, what I think it is, though, is it's an <coughs> ego thing that the company is building the show on your name. Sure. You're the that reason why you're there. They're, you're the reason why they sold the tickets because you're on the marquee. And the funny thing about that is, WrestleMania is selling out of the main event or not. Like the, the tickets are sold before they even announce anything. So yeah. it really doesn't matter. They're selling so, the brand name of WrestleMania, not a 100%, match at this point. Yeah. 100%. So yeah, I, I, I don't know. But yeah, I, I agree though. I, I, I do think that that's about as good as it's going to ever get when it comes to WrestleMania. Yeah. And he's also, I mean, yeah, he opened with Brock, but he beat Brock, you know, for the title it, in a title match. Like, in one of the WrestleManias, the one that Becky headlined. Yeah. So, like, I, I, I don't know. I, I I just don't understand why that's so important to them at this point. Honestly, for someone like Rollins, too, it's probably the only thing left for him to, yeah. to work towards. Right. Like. like, And that's the way it comes across. It's like, I've kind of, he's like, my career could end right now, and I'm totally happy with everything that I did. Yeah. So, I, I, and, and he, he's had he's a hell like, of a career. Well, and he's like, my life and perspective has just changed things. He's like, my daughter's going to be starting school and my contract's up. And I, and I just, I might just want to be home, you know? Yeah. So, but see, to me, I know he's an a, I know he's a WWE shill and all that stuff. But to me, 
if you could it work a limited schedule and be home all the time, I mean, AEW would be the place you would want to be. So I don't know. I'm not banking on it. I think he's a WWE guy for sure. Um, I, I just don't think that he understands. He, he, he kind of remind he, he reminds me of someone that's like, not a, like maybe they're like in the, the a political party because they've always been in that political party, but they don't realize that their views and opinions don't fit that political party anymore. Like, sure. like that's what it kind of reminds me of. Like, dude, you really are one of them, but you keep emphasizing that you're this. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. The, the whole the whole landscape of of pro wrestling has changed. I mean, I don't think Rollins has. He's so in the WWE bubble. Yeah, that, like. Now I think he he gets tastes of it, but even so, here's a here's an interesting example. Ben Carter, he was trained by Seth Rollins, and he's yeah. now known as Nathan Frazier in AEW or, or sorry, in, uh, NXT UK. He's having right. really good matches. I mean, in in pre uh, NXT UK, I got to watch him uh, in the southeast quite a bit. He used to wrestle a bit for Action Wrestling out of Tyron, Georgia, and he was getting a lot of buzz in the states, and he was looking really good. And then he had that really, really good uh, match with Scorpio Sky on AW Dynamite, like that late night show after uh, the basketball game that that won mm-hmm. Dynamite. Mm-hmm. And part of me gets really upset at Seth Rollins because, like, Ben Carter, unless you're watching NXT UK, which I do for Fightful, so I'm still paying attention, but hardly anyone's paying attention to NXT right. UK. He's just kind of being shelved there, as far as most people are concerned, or they don't even know about him, they don't know he exists, anything. Had Seth not, because you have to imagine the main reason that that he signed with the WWE was because Seth Rollins was there, and he trained him, and he had a foot in the door, and all this stuff. But <clears throat> AEW also offered him a deal. And had he taken the AEW deal, and like you see the way that AEW's handled like Daniel Garcia and Lee Moriarty and Wheeler Yuta and these guys, you have to be thinking like Ben Carter right now could be one of the most talked about wrestlers in the world because he's super talented. But because of his relationships and his loyalty, I'm sure, and stuff to Seth Rollins, and I'm sure Seth was going, hey, come here. Like, it's incredible. Like, it's the best. Like, because he has no reason to say anything different because for Seth Rollins, it is incredible and it is the best. But well, and you, have the, super, you have the performance an center. You had NXT that was really looked at as a different back then, too. Like, like they're like, I don't know how you sell pitch that now. You well, you can't. I mean? Well, you can't now because now you're literally being penalized if you if you're a pro wrestler. Yeah, because they're trying to develop, right? Develop non wrestlers. So, yeah. like, I didn't watch the show tonight. I, I or NXT. I right. saw that Kyle O'Reilly wrestled Ridge Holland. I have no idea what the outcome of the match was, but you just have to imagine that like Ridge Holland is a better fit for like the future of what they want to do than Kyle O'Reilly is, and well, Kyle O'Reilly is a much better wrestler. Well, and I heard that, like, you can say the S word now, you can, um, it was much more edgier. So they're making it an edgier show, but yes. they're nerfing all the in-ring action. Right. Weird. What? Like, Weird. what? Like, Weird. let's make it, like, AEW edgy-wise, but let's get rid of the in-ring quality. So make it look like Nickelodeon, but, like, talk like it's always sunny. Yeah. Yeah, there it doesn't, doesn't make any sense. I don't. I mean, it's whatever. I'm just counting down the days till Kyle O'Reilly's all elite. So, 
<laughs> All right, Michael, another super chat. Thank you so much, man. Um, with Roman now at nearly 400 days as champion, who do you think, based on the current talent pool, is believable enough to beat him and win? I think nobody. No one. Yep. I think that they've absolutely botched this entire thing. Like, there <laughs> should have been somebody that has been built for an entire yeah. year to look like a credible person to face Roman and then have him face him at WrestleMania. Maybe even have that guy win the Royal Rumble. And so you know it's coming. And there is like absolutely no one. I wouldn't even be surprised if Bobby Lashley ends up taking the belt away from Big E in the next couple of months. Like, sure. And, and then what? Like the whole point is like, it was like, it was going to be Brock and Roman. Well, we're going to do that in Saudi Arabia now. Okay, well, then it can be Roman and Big E. Well, we've already teased it at Raw, and I just feel like they're going to destroy Big E before Mania gets here, right? So now what? Like, yeah, I told you. I mean, I don't know which brand it will happen on, but I guarantee you Omos wins one of those two titles very soon. So. Oh my God! I swear to God, Stephen, if it is Omos and Roman, and Omos wins, like I just uh, you can just bury that company in in dirt, like yeah. it's over. It's well, just I'm just over. saying, I'm just saying, like it's pretty clear based on the very little bit I know about the current WWE product that like it's going to happen, like with sooner than later. Um, <clears throat> now, do I think he's the one who beats Roman? I don't know because I think Omos will probably be a heel whenever he wins the title. Um, but I guess it also matters about the draft, right? Like yeah. who's going to be drafted and then you can kind of look at it there, but like it is, they have done a terrible job. Well, anybody who it could have been is incredible. Anybody who it could have been has left the company at this point or is going to leave. So well, and like, I mean, like with Kenny Omega, who can beat Kenny Omega right now? Like if, if they wanted to, if they wanted to bring, I mean, you could have Adam Cole possibly be Kenny Omega. You have Brian Danielson be Kenny Omega. You could run back him at John Moxley and have John Moxley be Kenny Omega. I mean, you can have Adam Page be Kenny Omega. Darby, if like Darby given the Kenny, right. I mean, right, like MJF. Uh, you know, like Jungle the, Boy, even like given the Miro, right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Like sure. there's so many people out there that look like believable threats to Omega, and if you go with the WWE, I mean. Think about, like, the demon, right? It's supposed to be so... Just almost as unbeatable as Roman is, right? And it's over. He beat him. And he's beat everybody. Like, there's just nothing credible out there that you believe anybody can beat Roman. See, I, I really like what they've done with Roman. I think the stories have been great. But yeah. Once again, I I have I only watch the pay-per-views. I need to be really... I probably need to preface all this. I only watch the WWE pay-per-views this whole year. Like Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, whatever the other ones are, the themed ones or whatever. I've That's it. So I can't tell you week to week what it looks like. But when I watch the pay-per-views and what, the, what I see through the video packages and stuff, and then when I watch Roman wrestle... I've really liked it, but the problem is what you've just said is like they're clearly building this to the Rock versus Roman. They've been doing it for years. It, it will happen, and it's most likely a WrestleMania. You got to yeah. imagine. Yeah. And like Roman has to win that match. Like he yeah. has to. Yeah. But then that's when I get to the really like now what 
portion because there yeah. has not been there hasn't been any, not one, not two, not they they've had opportunities over the last year, year and a half to take three people that and basically go, hey, uh the brass ring we're always talking about, it's it's up for grabs right now. We're we're looking for our next guy. We've chosen you three right here because you are the three best that we think could potentially be in that spot. Go out there and take it. Just have have three dudes for the for a year. Just you know, real a legitimate competition of like get the say you say you can get over. Go out there and get over. Like yeah. you know, let them do their thing and get over. Yeah. And you know, you got to do it within the limitations of being a PG show and all that stuff. But like, go out there, and get over. We're giving you a whole year. Whoever's the most over. That's the person who's going over Roman. Well, so, like the Eric is like saying that um, uh, Riddle, like yeah. Riddle's like thirty five now. Like it's now or never for that guy. Like do yeah. something with him. Yeah, and he won't be the one to go over Roman. Hell but like, no! But he already said that he could beat Roman in a real fight and got heat for it. You think they're actually going to have him beat Roman? Like, <laughs> right. No way. Yeah, but I will say this, Riddle. Outside of Roman Reigns, Riddle's probably the best thing they have in that company right now. I agree. Um, I'm a huge Riddle fan. Me uh, too. So, like, I'd like for him to be that guy. But like you just said, it's not like he's, like, young. And yeah. he had an entire MMA career before this. Like, I mean, who knows? I mean, he looks to be in phenomenal shape, but you never know with lingering injuries and stuff. Like, um, I mean, Especially that guy fought. Barefoot can't help either. Right. Well, and you know, too, from his MMA career, that dude, like, he had wars. Like he would yep. bite down on his mouthpiece and just swing wild. Didn't care if he got hit, but as long he can get hit ten times as long as he hits you once harder. Like yeah. So, but but Riddle, I think I think Riddle is ultra valuable for that company. I'm a very big fan of his, but I just don't see, I don't see them. There's been too much questionable stuff with his booking up to this yep. point where like, they're not going to go all the, he might win the WWE title one day or something, but like, it's not going to be at the expense of, for, in their opinion, in the expense of, of Roman losing, he won't lose it to Riddle. Yeah. Um, but Riddle has all the talent and charisma and stuff that like he, if given the right build, like he would be a great choice in my opinion. But. So let's, we got about 20 minutes. Let's get into MMA because, um, one thing, it's kind of weird, though, because we were watching the fights live, yeah. and so we were discussing live how we were feeling and everything, but I know that there's people watching right now that didn't see it. So, um, man, I at the end of the day, I just don't feel like Nick Diaz showed up. Like, that was just somebody that was there for a cash grab, somebody that was basically felt forced to fight, had to get this fight out of the way. There were a couple of telling things that I thought the entrance, like he wasn't angry. He wasn't upset. And, and the, the, the old Nick Diaz would have been furious to be put in that position. And it was just like, let's just get this over with his music. Wasn't the same. Um, when he got in the cage, I swear Robbie must've hit him like 13 times before he even wanted to throw anything. Like he just looked like, Oh, I'm in a fight now. I got to do something. Otherwise, I'm about to just get my ass kicked. And then he fought, but he didn't talk any trash. He didn't say, come on. Like, there was just nothing. And then he ends up quitting. He he gets dropped, and he ends up quitting. And then on top of that, 
The one thing that was really telling to me was overall Nick got beat up. Overall Nick lost the fight and Daniel Cormier goes over there to interview him and he has a big smile on his face. Like he was so relieved to get that out of the way that like he didn't care that he just lost the fight. He didn't care that he got his ass kicked. Like he just doesn't want to fight anymore. Yeah, when he definitely didn't want to fight Robbie Lawler, like the guys like each other. Like, yeah. I saw Anthony Walker on Twitter tweeted something to the effect of, you know, the entire world wanted to see Robbie Lawler versus Nick Diaz, except for Robbie Lawler and Nick Diaz. And Nick Diaz. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, but I mean, there's really no excuses to, right? I mean, like the amount of leniency with like changing weights and, and all this stuff is like, they really catered to Nick. Yeah. Um, I know Jake Shields was saying like Nick only trained for six weeks and stuff, but I mean, that's unless there were like injuries that we don't know about, like that's totally on Nick. The guy's been out for like six or seven years. Like, and he knew this yeah. fight was coming up. Like he had time to get ready. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, he looked in certain ways, he looked like the old Nick Diaz. Like I rewatched the fight. I think that he was still throwing some good combos and stuff. Yeah. And he kind of, you could tell the rip in the body. Like, yeah, ooh, like you can he, tell the old Nick Diaz is still in there, but he was just he's just slower and less angry it, and less. Motivated. But here's the thing: it's like it's like it was enough. It was enough for me to believe that he still has the skills to be good and can fight if he's in the right but, shape. Yeah. But he has to be all there in the right shape and mentally ready to fight. Yes, like, and I don't know if we can ever get that again. So that that's my thing. Yeah, I, I was saying this on a. The, I did an episode of Fight Talk today with with Mo's uh, okay. reviewing the show, and I one of the things that I mentioned on there, and I talked about it. I think I talked about it on the or brought up on the fightful thing more so as a joke. Like I don't think this fight would ever actually happen, but like there's really no better time than right now if CM Punk was still in the UFC because oh no. The reason I say it is because the problem they're gonna have with Nick Diaz now is even if he wants to keep fighting. Like Robbie Lawler, well, Robbie Lawler wasn't even ranked in the top fifteen going into that fight at welterweight. So like, so like, I can't even suggest like you take someone outside the top fifteen. Like he just got smoked by Robbie Lawler. Red Okamoto recommended. What did he say? Damien Maya. Ben Askren. Oh, I I hate that idea. I hate that idea. I think it's stupid. It's It's only that fight if Askren gets a hold. There's no credibility to Askren at this point. He got knocked out by Jake Paul in the first round. Like nobody's going to take that seriously. I did hear one that I thought was somewhat interesting is him and Diego. I, did, I like that. Yeah, they rematch. did fight before a rematch, <laughs> one seventy. Um, I think that that would be a good fight. I like but, that. I, I like Diego. I like I like um, we wanted uh, Damian Maya. Yeah. Um, I like Carlos Condit. I know he just retired, but if they right. wanted to run that again, that's a little more to Diaz's pace probably. But like if we're at the if we're at the point now where we're like having to book special fights for him, like it's over. You know what I mean? Right. Well, that's why I brought up CM Punk. The reason I say that is because like at least CM Punk's like a big name. Like both those guys, like that. That's more so of like a celebrity freak fight than like a but legitimate fight. 
if if that's the case, in my opinion, the UFC the UFC should just let him go. And then if he's gonna fight, then he can fight Jake Pauls or he can do whatever. I agree. Like stuff like that. Like yeah. the the idea of him being in the UFC business doesn't make much sense anymore. No, unless he comes back and he's in shape and he wants to yeah. fight. Like if he right. comes back actually looking like he looked in those pictures we saw a couple months ago where he looked like a totally different guy, like ready to kick some ass. Yeah. Like, if that guy comes out there and like smokes some, see, and part of the problem is like you can't. If it was against one of the guys we mentioned, like I'm all for it because like Damian Maya, Diego, like, these guys have names, but like you can't just have Nick Diaz fight like a a complete no name UFC fight pass guy like that or contender series guy that nobody knows. Like yeah. Nick's, Nick's got, not going to want to do that. The company's not going to want to promote that. Like right. So it has to be someone with a name. Yeah. Um, but I I. Honestly, I hadn't even thought about Diego, but like that would probably be my top pick for, yeah. for them to run that back. Yeah. One, it's a rematch, right? Yeah. And, and that two, was a close fight, their first one. Two, it's like it's it's kind of like a legends farewell fight. Yeah. And and like Dana was on the fence about giving Diego another fight. I think this is the type of fight that D, that Dana would be behind. Um, Diego's dropped Fabia. Like he's not dealing yeah, with that psychopath right. math anymore. So I just, I just think it kind of makes sense if they wanted to yeah. run that back. I think that's um, the best option right there. Yep. Yeah. So it is what it is. But one thing came out too is Volkanovski said that he was really close to tapping to Brian Ortega's choke. Sure. So looked like it. So I and, and we talked also. We think Brian Ortega. I think Brian Ortega at least should definitely look at one fifty-five. Another fight that was brought up was uh, O'Malley and Dominic Cruz. I honestly think Dominic Cruz wins that fight. I do too, but I think it would be almost a moral victory if O'Malley made it close. Like, yeah. if you can prove you're on a level to, like, compete against uh, Cruz. Because <laughs> O'Malley is a real long-term play for them too. He's a guy yeah. who, like, he's got enough popularity already that, like, they could really push him. But I think they're being really smart about, like, not – like, he's going to have to have a big opponent now, though. He's at a point where, like, he has to have someone big, yep. like a Garbrandt or a yep. – that's my preferred fight, actually, is him and Garbrandt. To but, me, Dominic is way too smart for him. Dominic's like, footwork is – yeah. Footwork, yeah. the speed, everything. Like, I just think that he's going to throw him off so much. And yeah. I – I just I, I I don't like that fight. If you're if you're in the business of promoting Sean O'Malley and trying to make him a star, I'm keeping him away from Dominic Cruz. Yeah, yeah. No, I. But at some point, he's got to fight those type of dudes. You well, know I, mean, I mean, he he fought Cheeto and it didn't go well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, granted, he got hurt, but it wasn't going well before he got hurt. So I just sure. I just don't know if he even gets out of there with Dominic. So. I thought that yeah. was interesting. He's talking about that fight in December. December seems like it's going to be a massive card. Maybe Nate Diaz as well. Nate Sounds Diaz versus bad. Vicente Luque. Yeah. You got uh, you got uh, Oliveira versus um, Poirier. You got Amanda <laughs> versus Pena. Like that's a that's a big card. When are they doing uh, Sandhagen <laughs> and um, Jan? October thirtieth. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. October thirtieth. They're doing uh, and that's going to be on free ABC. In Abu Dhabi. Yeah, that's the Blahovich to share card. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Hell yeah. But it um, looks like that that's a done deal, so that's awesome. That's what's up. And yeah, for like the pay per view this Saturday with Volkanovski and, and Ortega, man, like Ortega, I think 155 is interesting because with like one quality win, he could. 
be up there for a title shot with Oliveira if Oliveira still has the belt. Yeah. Like, cause stylistically, that's an incredible matchup. Um, but the one, one, one potential silver lining for, for Ortega that could save him in the featherweight division is if Yair beats Holloway. Like, I'd still think Holloway will probably win. Like, he'd be my yeah. pick. But like, if Yair beats Holloway, and then the Ayer goes on to beat Volkanovski, that opens it up huge for Ortega. For sure. Like, yeah, that's the main, cause if, if he, if he can just avoid having to fight Holloway and Volkanovski right now, like he beats probably everyone else in the division. For sure. So, so he really needs, he really needs Volkanovski or Holloway not to be the champion, basically. Yeah. Um, that's a tall task, but I think Yair is, he's a very interesting, uh, matchup for these guys. Like I think Yair could become the champion. It's possible. Um, so, and, and by the way, you know, the featherweight division in the UFC, the top 15, that's my, that is my number one favorite weight class in the UFC. I love the featherweight division. Bantamweight is like a pretty close second probably, but man, I, I, that whole top 15 for the UFC featherweight division is just, that is a murderer's road. To, so to be at the top of that, to be like a, a Volkanovski, Holloway, Ortega, zombie, Yair type level dude, like you have to be ultra talented to be in that yeah, mix so. for sure for sure and then let's talk about john jones um so the report came out that basically he was drunk right he um they said that the only thing confirmed they said is that he did pull his fiance's hair yeah but they also said that she had blood on her mouth, blood on her chin, blood on her shirt, and she claimed that he never hit her, though. So take that for what you will. Don't know where the blood came from, but that seems pretty suspicious. He's been with this woman for 17 years. Um, when he was they arrested, can test the blood, right, to find out whose it is. Well, I think that they did do something, and then with the DNA match or whatever, and then he it ended up being reasonable cause, and that he got booked. Like I think that's what happened. Um, then he resisted arrest to the point to where he got so angry he slammed his head on a car and left a dent, and it was the police car. So he left a dent in the police car, which is like a felony, I guess for damaging police vehicle. So, I mean, at what point do you just say you were, you, you were the goat, but like you're completely just, uh, you're, you're, we're not able to do business with you anymore. Like at, at what point do we do that? Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I don't think it's a bad idea for them to part ways with him, but from a business standpoint, I don't think they will. Right. Because, they run the risk then of him promoting himself or signing somewhere else. But see, this is my thing. I'm willing to take that risk because I know this guy's going to screw oh, it's up again. A gigantic liability for the UFC as well. Yes. Right. Yes. And 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 not only that, we're talking domestic violence now. Like this is this is like if you were in any other sports organization, if you were accused of domestic violence, you're done. Like you're not coming back. Well, the pet. Well. I know what you're saying, but like the Greg Hardy thing, but there's been a lot of time and stuff, but I know what you're saying. Right. Like, but I'm just saying just in recent, the right. way that times are now, yeah. like it's one thing that they employed Greg Hardy years after. If Greg Hardy did that right then and there, 
he's not coming back to right. the USC. Like, yeah, no, I, 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 I know what you're saying. Yeah, um, I just want to throw that out there though, because like they, they have done business with like people that have no, had for domestic sure. The, issues. What was also the one on two hundred five, where he was like a main eventer. He used to do this. Uh, man, Brazilian guy fought Rashad Evans and some other people. Big, I can't remember his name, but uh, he had like the uh, spousal abuse, and they even defended him. And then they found out more about the case, and then they they let him go. Who who was that? I can't remember off the top of my head, but he had like a colorful tattoos. Um, who did you say he fought? He fought Rashad. He fought uh, possibly Keith Jardine. Maybe he fought. I'm just I can't. I'm thinking like like Tiago or uh, not Tiago Santos. Um, and, um, what's his face? It's like right on the tip of my tongue. I feel like I know exactly what you're talking about. I just can't. I know he headlined some cards. I'm trying to look at posters. You say he's Brazilian, right? Yes. Someone in the chat will probably get it before we do. Paul Chiago. That's who I was thinking of, I think. Maybe not Paul Chiago. Um, no, no, no. I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll know it. I'll, I'm going to see his name and I'm going to, I'm going to know exactly. Tiago Silva. That's what yes. I was trying to think of. That's, yes. I was saying, I was saying Tiago Santos. Tiago Silva is what I was meaning. Yes. Yeah. So, so, I mean, they've definitely had their share of having some people that have been accused of this stuff, but I mean, it's 2021 now that you just, there's no way that you can get. And the thing is, is it's like, if they do keep him, like the backlash could be very bad, like for ESPN and things like that. So, so I don't know, but did you see him where he's like, I've taken too much trauma. I can no longer have alcohol. I'm putting it past this. I'm going to make this the, the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Like I'm on the road to recovery. He says that every time. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. it's just, it's like the boy who cried wolf at this point. Like, dude, nobody believes you. Nobody trusts you. You just have failed so many times. And the thing that I picked up the most is like he said, like if John, John and Vegas don't get along. John in Vegas is always a disaster. It's you can never bring him to this town. And it's like there hasn't been a lot of reported stuff with John in Vegas. So I feel like the UFC has run into a multiple occasions that we don't know about with John in Vegas. So I don't yeah, know. It's definitely possible. I mean the guy definitely like he's got He's got shit that he's got to he's got to figure out, but I don't know yeah. if he ever will because every time that he messes up, it's the same story every time that it's he's the new John Jones and he's sober and then he's not and he's super religious and then he you know kind of isn't or whatever you know what I mean? it's yeah. just it's always a contradiction it's just a, yep. a, a contradiction over and over again. He's living a fake life like that's at the end of the day he's living a fake life he's not really telling people who he really is. I think he's living his his authentic life. It's just his authentic life is like not the kind of life that most people would want to live in front of cameras and all. No, I, I think that part. Like, but I'm just saying like in front <laughs> of cameras, he's fake. He's oh yeah, like he wants he wants to when he does interviews and stuff, he wants right. people to like him. He tries and, yes. to act like he is this proper poster boy, like a right. GSP, but then we get a report that he's out here doing this or that and all this stuff. It's like, dude, just just be you, man. Like Yeah. Like at least Connor, like, you know, I don't we, I don't condone him it. like yeah, I don't condone him like punching old men and stuff like that, but like at the end of the day, it isn't like that surprising when Conor McGregor pulls certain stunts, like the Dolly incident and all this stuff. It's like 
he's kind of been telling us the whole time that he's going to do stuff like this. Like he's Well, and then they yeah. said like the reason that he got pissed at MGK or whatever is because he asked for a picture with him and he turned him down. And like, that's just the ego thing. That's just yeah. like, a, who do you think you are? How dare you type thing, you know? Who turned down who for a picture? MGK. Turned down a picture with Connor? Yeah. Like Connor walked up to MGK and was like, hey, yeah. can I get a picture? <laughs> yeah, and MGK was like, nope. I'd be kind of mad if I was Connor too. I'd be like, dude. I mean, granted, you I, also kind of, I, I just don't care about it. You take a picture with MGK. Like, yeah. You care about <laughs> Connor McGregor. The guy's a loser. Yeah, I don't, I don't have really any opinion on MGK. I don't really know He's much about the guy. I saw him, uh, shove, it was a guy that I'm a fan of called Adam22. He does a podcast, No Jumper, and he's, it's like a hip hop. Po- oh, you know, I saw yeah. there was an incident like a year or so ago where like they ran into each other at like a music festival and MGK like shoved him like a bitch. Like it was like, just because, just because Adam was, just like not a fan of his like most recent album or whatever. Like, yeah, I mean, no, how big of an ego do you have to have? Dude. He's yeah, a sensitive dude. Yeah. All right, man. Well, I think. Well, also, I'll throw it out there real quick. Valentina oh, yeah, absolute ownage on yeah. the pay per view. Um, wasn't even a fight. The Lauren Murphy Walking deserved the, the matchup. Like, I mean, it just, there's just levels to it. But I want to give a shout out to Valentina. We all agree the only fight that's even remotely interesting for her is Amanda Nunez trilogy at this point. Yeah. Um. But we're witnessing greatness with her. She is that much better than the rest of the division. Like, I think it's her and then a pretty big gap. And then there's uh, Jessica Andrade. And then there's another pretty big gap. And it's the rest of the division. So it's yeah. like Valentina, you know, as as much as I think fans kind of like, kind of fuss about like these fights just being so one-sided for her, we should also really appreciate what we're seeing, especially because one day she'll probably get beat and like, and, and I know, like, she's lost to Amanda and stuff, but, like, think about, you know, fighters like Anderson Silva and Demetrius Johnson and stuff that we thought this about, too. And then it was a huge moment when they lost. And if they don't lose, you just witnessed, like, one of the best ever do it. Like, so you should be happy that you got to see somebody that was just so good at this during your lifetime. So, yeah. shout out to, to Valentina Shevchenko. Yeah, absolutely. One of the best. All right, man. So, um, yeah, Dynamite's going to be really good. Two big matches, Adam Cole, Jungle Boy, and um, Miro and Sammy. I think both of those could be show stealers. It's going to be awesome. Apparently, there's supposed to be a pretty big match tape for Rampage. I, I think Meltzer said that, so keep an eye out on uh, that possibly. I think that's one of the things I really love about AEW, too, is it's not just about what is going to happen, but what is next and the announcements that are next. Like, you don't know what's going to be next week's Dynamite. Then you're watching Dynamite and you're like, oh, that's going to be next week. Or, oh, that's going to be Friday. Like, I love that. I love that that it's like you care that much about it that you're not only tuning in to watch what's current, but also what's going to be in the future. For sure. Constantly building. Yep. And then, uh, yeah, Saturday's a pretty decent fight night. Um, yeah. Yeah. Chago uh, Santos versus Johnny, Johnny Walker. Walker. We got some other decent fights on there. Kevin Holland. Kevin yep. Holland's back. Let's see how that uh, wrestling's been going. Yeah, he's the co-main. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, that's pretty much sums up. They got uh, Cowboy Oliveira versus Nico Price. Uh, that's Aspen Ladd. Crazy. Made, 
Aspen Ladd, Mason Chase on is a big one at Bantamweight because Ladd's ranked number three right now. Like she yeah. might get the next title shot after Pena. Yeah. Um, and you got Misha Serkinov and Krishnov Jocko also. That's a really good matchup at uh, middleweight. So, yeah, so it's this a is actually a pretty night. good card. I think this is going to happen towards the end of the year because now they've got to get fighters on cards before yeah. the end of the year for contracts. They got to pay it. They got to pay it yeah. if they don't get them in there so, anyway. So, so I think we're going to start to see some pretty stacked fight nights and uh, the next. UFCs are going to be stacked, and so yeah, it's going to be good times. Hell yeah! Hell All right, yeah! Man. Sounds good. Thanks for everyone tuning in. Please hit that like button, help us out, and subscribe, share it out, all that good stuff. Always appreciate it, guys. And we will catch you guys next time. School Vikings.